everybody, and welcome to the Afternoon Tune. I am your host, Josh, and with me is my co-host here. What's up? It's your boy, Nick. And uh, we got two special guests with us today. Uh, we have both uh, Elijah here, <clears throat> and we have good old Chill. Um, so I've been knowing these guys for a while now. Uh, what the hell is happening in the background? What the fuck is going on? Oh, sorry <laughs> about that. My girl's getting ice. Okay, I'm like, what the fuck? That Jesus, I was like, what the hell? Um, but uh, uh, so we got uh, Chill and Elijah here. Uh, Elijah, uh, he's got his own podcast uh, called Back to the Topic Podcast, and uh, yes, sir. and Chill, he also he he's a fellow Twitch guy. He streams on Twitch. DJ, very very good. Um, I got uh, we've been trying to work on a little thing, a little lo-fi video that we've been trying to work on. Me and Chill has been going on, but I've been knowing these guys for a while, part of the same community uh, of another podcast. So just introduce you, uh, just tell a little about yourselves and, you know, what you do and who you are. Uh, Elijah, go ahead first, man. I got you, man. So uh, like Josh was saying, uh, I'm one of the co-hosts from this podcast called Back to the Topic. It was started by my buddy, uh, Patrick. I call him Pat. He uh, decided about a year and a half ago that he wanted to do a music-based podcast. He kind of just threw it out there. And ended up meeting my buddy, um, Walt, Walter. We all went to the same college for the most part. And so those two were friends first. And I just so happened to bump into Walter like as I was a bouncer at one of the bars locally at the college. And uh, eventually they told me, like, hey, I got a podcast. And around the same time, I was like, well, I'm in a podcast. You know, what do you guys talk about? They're like, oh, mostly music, pop culture, things like that. And I'm not the biggest music person, but over time doing this podcast, I got more and more into music. And I've been able to like uh, build together an actual somewhat legitimate opinion about new music that's out there. Uh, the blessing for us that happened when they brought me on, I was able to bring some ideas, especially when COVID hit, because I feel like for a lot of people, once COVID started, you had, had all that free time during quarantine. If you didn't utilize that free time to maximize your platform, maximize your brand, I feel like you're just kind of wasting your time. And so I told them like, we can hit YouTube hard we can hit tiktok hard let's try to up the social media game things like that and so uh over time over the last year we're about 90 episodes in i think i've been on for about uh 80 about 80 of them for myself tiktok channels at 40 41 000 followers right now youtube sitting at 1800 and mm. so nice and it's just trying to build up man yeah uh chill oh, what about you man i like i like to call Elijah and his uh crew uh Black famous, so, yeah. Because uh, um, because uh, didn't Elijah? Hey, didn't uh, Afro Man shout you guys out? Right, you got that video up on your YouTube channel, bro. He was, he was so this man. Cause I was I was a bouncer that day. He was performing. I got called on to work that night, and he was super drunk. Like he was super crossfaded. And he didn't call us back to the top. He said he said, "Hey, get back to the top, baby." Go go on YouTube, check out Back to the Top. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> I was like, appreciate it, man. <laughs> oh yeah. And to show I'm not lying, I'm gonna pull it up here on stream, your channel here on YouTube. And then right there, there's Afro Man right there. Afro Man supports our channel. Check him out right there. Yeah. Yeah. And the people don't know Afro Man, so Afro Man had he was kind of I guess you would consider a one hit wonder type of guy. Um, you know, he I had a three. Um, you know, and he had a song called Because I Got High. 
and if you know, it was like a big, huge mm-hmm. hit back in the day. When did that song come out? It came out in like what, like what was it? Oh one, maybe. Probably, uh, I, was, I think around that time. Yeah, it was just one of those, just like super, super stupid stoner songs that uh, it was, it, you know, it was just, it was like an easy song. It was such an easy song, so it was just yeah, one of those things. Oh yeah, it was just something that you heard it played in every single college dorm. Right, that yeah. and Colt Forty Five. I feel like Colt Forty Five. There's a third one, I think. What's Colt the other 45. one? You say like I got a Coke Forty Five and a cigarette or something. Yeah, Coke Forty Five, two zigzags. Baby, that's all I need. <laughs> Go to the bar. After the bar. Yeah. yeah. Smoke a lot, but trust me, I'm, I'm not I don't really like subjugate myself to that shit. I don't even like the uh, uh what's the what's the uh, uh Cheech and Chong. I don't even fuck with Cheech and Chong like that. But uh I've never seen it. But other than that, I mean I'll get my intro out the way too. Mm-hmm. So, um yeah, I mean, yeah, I started Twitch streaming. I mean, other than that, man, I've been really like doing shit for like damn that over ten years almost over ten years. You know, just in broadcasting and, you know, uh, interning at radio and Fucking like doing like the, the street stuff where like my first big concert that I went to like backstage was a uh, uh, currency and I remember I had got in touch with big people or whatever and I got back there and uh, you know I, I met like Freddie Gibbs that night this shit was like back in uh, 2011 2012 and uh, ever since then you know I was doing I got like hella interviews on you know YouTube and DJing was like some shit I was gonna end up picking up anyway cause like I think I was telling y'all, man, I was uh, doing a DJ podcast for So Many Shrimp. And when I was doing that and, and shit, when COVID came around and shit, they ended up getting me aboard, man, and really started like to doing that shit. And mm. ever since then, I just been doing it for a year. And shit, it's been, it's been dope. I just kind of do it on my own and kind of really don't, I don't know, you know, be around like that. But, you know, I'm like a lurker, so keep it that way and that's the shit I try to cultivate on Twitch which yeah. is yeah, coming cool now. Yeah. not because of me but I'm not <laughs> um, and your Twitch channel is called The Chill Spot right so it's DA and then Chill and then Spot um, so I'm going to try to pull up your channel here real quick if I can here um, if everything will cooperate with me uh, just to get you get, give you guys an idea of what Chill does over there um and because and he usually streams you stream pretty early uh, in the morning which is good for me because i come off of work pretty early so i'm able to catch his streams and sh- see him you know he's always hanging out and uh everything like that so let me uh pull up your stream here got it on my stream so here you go everybody go follow good old chill here see that man working dj got got a lot of funko pops got his all equipment set up there yeah very chill and he's what we say? Oh, I was saying, you know, Ricky, man, you gotta shout out Dirty Rick. That's that's the star of the show, man. Dirty Rick, right there. Oh yeah. You know, that's, <laughs> you know. Um, do you ever get any like in any trouble since you've been D- DJing and playing music? Any DMCA things or from Twitch or anything? Some of them publishing and then you know, so I, so you're probably not gonna see these up there for that long, you know. So I just don't publish them afterwards and. Kind of like, but nobody, everybody does it now. Like academics was on his, it went his, uh, putting the whole drink out, you know. So, mm. Mm. okay, 
Yeah. Um, and Chill is like one of the, the two people I know that play Marvel's Avengers on their own stream. He loves that game. He's been playing that. Uh, playing <laughs> that. Bro. Yeah. He's been playing the hell out of the, the Black Panther. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the Black Panther DLC and everything like that. I told you. I told you. I told you, and I was waiting for you to say it. I told you, man. I, <laughs> I bought, I bought this game, Nick. I bought this game for Black Panther, man. I, I understand how, I understand how people feel about it. I bought this game because of Black Panther. I said, I was like, I don't know if they're gonna announce. If they do, more than likely they will. I want this game for Black Panther, and I, that's the only thing I spend money on. <laughs> on that game is black yeah. but the game is bad the game is bad the game was yeah. cheeks bro it just was a laggy mess it was trying to do like this whole it was like the worst version of destiny and borderlands and it was just an absolute mess yeah i heard it's gotten a little bit better because of the updates and then now it's much cheaper now and then i heard the black panther dlc is pretty good um, I don't know. I've been I've been thinking about maybe contemplating picking it up since it's like twenty dollars now. Like it's like twenty something dollars, and because I would want to h- hang out, play with chill. So that's what I would want to do. So you know, hang out. You know, b- both be black kings and and Marvels Avengers. You know what I mean? You know, we I mean we already black kings in real life, but you know, black kings. You know, also virtually as well. You know, um, that that would also help. So yeah. Uh, but hey, shout out to uh, Vivian uh, from over at Stream Queens. Thank you very much, Vivian. Uh, she subscribed uh, because it is September, so it's twenty percent off of all uh, subscriptions to every single channel on Twitch. So that's great. Thank you so much, yeah. Vivian. All right. Thank you. Um, yeah, she's very awesome. You guys check her out uh, very much. So she's a great streamer. Her and the Stream Queens. Um, yeah. So this yeah, is Vivian, um, and we also got a follow from uh, Haas there. Uh, nice follow. Thank you for the follow there, Haas, very much. Um, so uh, for the topics today, uh, we have uh, Shang Chi, of course, uh, the the big movie. That's hey, gonna, it, in, it's pronounced Shang Chi. Oh yeah, Shang Chi. I'm sorry, Shang Chi. You know, I'm just gonna say. Yeah, my, my my girlfriend, she's a Chinese. She was giving me like an entire like language lesson about how to pronounce it last yeah. night. It was yeah. like, yeah, it's Shang-Chi. It's Shang-Chi. Yeah, Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. Okay, Shang-Chi. Okay, so we got that, uh, Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, we're also going to be discussing Mortal Kombat. They, they came out with a sequel to the animated film, so-called Battle of the Realms, which was uh, kind of it's a sequel See, to, to a the... A sequel to the awesome animated film. Uh, yeah, Scorpion's Revenge, so we're going to be checking that out. Uh, what If, Episode 4, we're also going to be discussing that. That just dropped, so we're going to be reviewing that. This one with Doctor Strange is the main focus, so going to be doing a nice good What If uh, review of that. And uh, we're going to be doing Kanye West Donda. Uh, it finally dropped. Uh, finally happened. Um, you know what I mean? Hell froze over. The album finally came, so that's nice. Uh, and <clears throat> as well as uh, Drake's certified lover boy, um, his barber can finally be free of cutting that heart in his head now. And um, you know he can—he's finally released it. It's done. His barber doesn't have to cut that heart in his head no more. Um, and we're going to be discussing right, that. How many, how many creepy references to Millie Bobby Brown are in that album? Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. Talking about texting, DMing, you know what I mean. Um, also, that album cover, 
is the weirdest album cover I've seen. I've seen a lot of weird. It it's, it's like somebody just cut and pasted like the fucking pregnant girl emoji. Yeah, it, it's just it's really weird. So we're going to be discussing that. Um, also, get into some news. Uh, not much, a whole lot of news, but we're going to be giving a quick tribute to Ed Eisner, who recently passed away at ninety-one. Uh, so just discuss his whole long, you know, kind of story career, how he had impact on us, and you know how we know him. And also Tyrone Woodley, Jake Paul, uh, discussing that. Um, the black community took an L. Um, uh, that's that's a shame. Uh, so we're going to be discussing that as well. Um, the also, black community took an L. The MMA community took an L. The yeah. people who paid to watch that took an L. Uh, you know, the city city of Cleveland took people an L. Who pirated it took an L. Um, yeah, so we're going to be talking about that. And also Nia DaCosta. Uh, she made a little bit of history uh, recently, so we're also going to be talking about that. So, uh, how is everybody doing? Everybody good? All good to go. Ah, nice, nice, nice. Nick, how you doing? How you feeling, yeah. man? Fantastic. I'm doing good. Got my coffee. My dog's, like, happy. Um, she's actually, yeah, my girlfriend, she's taking our dog to, like, for a little girl's day out, so I get the place to myself. Oh, okay. Some- Nick, what, what time is it where you're at? It's, like, a 11.30 a.m. here in Japan. Whoa, dude. It, oh, you're in Japan. That makes more sense. Okay, because yeah. it's uh, 10.30 at night for me. Yeah. Mm, nice. Yeah. And me and Chill, we're in the same, yeah, we're in the same place, so it's the same time for us here, uh, you know what I mean? So, yeah, so, I mean, hey, we can yeah. Oh, what say? I said I'm just over here struggling. I'm trying to post all of y'all, like, y'all links everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, thank you, man. Hey, I appreciate that, man. You, man. Yeah, shout out for the love, man. Uh, yeah, so, all right, so we're going to get into uh, Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley. I just discussed the news real quick, and then we'll get into Shang-Chi. So, um, everybody here see the fight? Uh, nope. Sadly, yes. Yes. Okay, so. Sadly. So, Chill, you saw it, but Elijah, you didn't, right? I'm not a sports person, and I think those uh, celebrity fights are for money. So, I'm not going to promote that. Plus, the all fights, brothers. Are, all fights are for money, dude. Right, true. There are better fights than others. <laughs> yeah. Um. So with this fight, so. Uh. So you had Tyron Woodley, who's uh, thirty-nine, correct? Right. Yeah, thirty-nine years old. Uh, former UFC welterweight champion. Yeah. And uh, in his last five, has has been on a five-fight losing streak, and yeah. not mm. just that, has been on a like thirty-round losing streak. He hasn't won a round in like five years. Yeah. Um, but there's a but there's a difference between losing five in a row to the absolute murderer's row that is the UFC's welterweight division, and losing to Jake Paul. Right. Um. So I saw I saw a little bit of the fight. I was kind of and then I went back and watched a lot of the highlights of it too. Um. First of all, I mean Tyron Woodley. You know, I mean as far as the fight goes, I think this is probably the most challenged Jake Paul has been. Um, in regards to like a fight, because I mean, he's fighting a person who, even though he is 39, this is someone who's probably in the best shape that he's fought. Cause like Nate Robinson had been retired for the, you know, NBA for a few years. And also it was somebody who, who looked like they had no idea what they were doing in the boxing ring. Um, so that was kind of, that was an easy W and plus he was like five, nine and Tyron Willie, I think is also the same height too as Nate Robinson. I think he's like five, nine too. Uh, and then you had Ben Askren, who's mostly known as a wrestler, but he was also retired for a bit, for like a year or so. But he yeah, was re- retired, and, retired, and coming off of a hip replacement. Yeah. So Ooh. yeah. So he wasn't in the best of shape. So this was a guy that 
you know, even though, you know, he's older up there, was somebody who was in much better shape and someone who's known as kind of a striker in the MMA, even though he does have great wrestling and grappling experience. I mean, he was like a wrestling champion in, I think, uh, high yeah, school. He, yeah, he was a, I think he was, yeah, I think he was a two-time collegiate All-American wrestler. Yeah, so he, yeah, so he's, you know, got great wrestling ability. Um, first of all, when the fight first you know, kind of started, he came out very much looking like an MMA fighter, you know, kind of a squat stance and then, you know, kind of like, you know, looking to do quick strikes and jabs and then looking for the takedown. That's what kind of he looked like uh, doing it. Uh, Nick, what did you think about uh, kind of the opening and kind of the beginning of the fight there? Uh, So with the opening of the fight, I thought Woodley because Woodley's in his last like five fights he's had a bad habit of like backing himself up into the ropes and just not throwing anything and here he I like that he was like moving forward the entire fight but he still wasn't throwing shit <laughs> he didn't do nothing that's his only progress moving forward yeah that that's it and yeah it's just sad that the guy's never been like this big combination puncher even though like the commentators are all saying, yeah, Woodley needs to throw combinations. His coaches are like screaming at it. He's never been that guy. He's always been the just throw like a quick jab and then set up his big overhand right, which he actually caught Jake with in the fourth round. Yeah. But then went back to just plotting forward and doing nothing for the rest of the fight. Mm. Makes sense now because that's the only clip that I've seen with that right hand coming over. Yeah, and I can play that clip um, right now. I'll show it on stream right here. So this is what a lot of people are talking about and what leads a lot of people to believe it's rigged. So you have this where you say he caught him with the big overhand right, um, and then it stumbled him, and then stumbled Jake. Some people say that, well, the ropes kind of saved him because, you know, like he would have been— Which they did. You know, he would have been pretty much knocked down if the if the ropes had been there. Uh, but a lot of people are saying it's rigged because when he did that, when Tyron knocked him into the ropes— uh, he didn't pursue forward. I mean, people were like screaming, like, go ahead, attack, attack, attack. But he didn't, you know what I mean? He let him just back up, back up, back up. And it's just like, what are you doing? I mean, this was, a, you know, blood in the water for you. You should have, you know, kept going. Yeah, but yeah, but say uh, he's rocked and then like a Hail Mary of an uppercut comes through and now Tyron Woodley's on his ass. Woodley's been in the game long enough and has had that exact situation happen to him. He's uh, like rocked people and then like pressed forward and gotten caught. Mm. Um, do you think Jake Paul skilled enough to do that kind of counterattack? I I mean he looked pretty gassed. I mean, no, both of, I think both he's got them. a I think he's got a puncher's chance. That's mm. it, really. Yeah, because I mean, in the fight, Jake Paul did catch him a couple times with some good, you know, combinations. Because he actually knows how to do string combinations together. You know what I mean? Because he's been doing it, you know, boxing, you know, strictly. So he actually knows how to do combinations. That's what's kind of one thing that was getting Tyron in the fight. And, um, you know, I think kind of the thing about it is, you know, as Tyron, a lot of people were also criticizing, he just wasn't very aggressive. It was a lot of just kind of waiting and waiting. And then somebody said, well, he's very much of a counter puncher, Tyron is. I don't know how much Nick can comment mm-hmm. on that. So, what were you, so do you think Tyron yeah, is just. Okay, so he's just very much. Yeah, a early in his career, he was that uh, big marauding, just gonna, uh, just run from like five feet across the cage and then hit you with the right hand and it's over. He was that guy early in his career, but I think as, um, as his career's gone and he's won the title and defended it like I think three times, 
uh, he became more of that counterpuncher. But I think that's indicative of the guys he was fighting. He was fighting guys like Wonderboy Thompson, who's one of the best counter strikers in the entire world and is a ridiculous guy to try and figure out. And Woodley did it twice. Uh, Damian Maya, some of the world's best jujitsu, and he shut him down. Mm. Uh, Darren Till, who was like really one of, was uh, hyped up as possibly the next big thing and starched him. Mm. Uh, Chill. Two bums. Almost. That's why I like. So Elijah, would you so would you go in the ring for fifty thousand? Easy. Easy. One more time. One thousand percent. Oh yeah. Dude, fifty thousand dollars to me, I can, I'm good for a year with that kind of money. Shit, oh, yeah. shit make it make it make it a hundred and I'll like and I'll like show some stuff. I'll like make it right. fun. I'm gonna show out, yeah. I'm making a show. Yeah. <laughs> you with me, dude. At, I mean, at a certain at a certain point in the Woodley Paul fight, I was just like, you know what, Woodley, you can just head kick him and we'll all consider that a win. Yeah. Uh chill fifty thousand. Uh chill, what were your thoughts on the fight, man? I mean it was like like I said. I mean, you know what? It makes sense now with what Nick was saying and what I was saying, just about their fighting styles. It's funny. I don't know. I don't study fighting like that, but I am like super into the shit. Mm-hmm. Like that's like the art of it or whatever. And we'll get to that later. But uh, as far as the fight, like it makes sense because of the highlights. Like I told you, we seen that mm-hmm. right hand. You know, what I'm saying that was the only fucking highlight that they would show. You know, was that right hand. So that shows right there. I mean, it makes sense that even that I just seen like the clips. It shows that it was just two bombs. I mean, who <laughs> had no other draw to pick that out from if nobody got knocked down? If if if, if any if if any of them would have got knocked down once and still got up, it still would have to count it as it would have to count. Right. Yeah. Um, now, now, Nick. Oh, go ahead, Josh. Oh, I was going to say, to Chill's point, uh, Nate Diaz said, I mean, he did make a tweet and said both these guys suck. I mean, he did tweet that out as the as the fight was going on. Um, and Nate Diaz is, a is a you know, also another professional MMA fighter. Uh, great in his field uh, of being an MMA fighter. But go ahead, uh, Elijah. Go ahead and ask your question to Nick there. No, Nick, I was going to ask. So I guess my three kind of questions are based off your observations of the fight. Do you mm-hmm. think, uh, what's his name, Robert? I'm sorry, I got his name already uh who's the other fighter a uh, tyron woodley tyron woodley i don't got it <laughs> so <laughs> so so woodley is it based off his experience or his amount of times fighting him being more defensive and counter attacking or is, is he more intimidated by jake paul and his success was this more like a money grab to extend the pay-per-view fight or uh I think what was the last one I'm gonna ask. I think those kind of like the main questions I have. I feel like his fighting experience would trump Jake Paul's. Thus, it would warn him to be more aggressive. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, I think it's a bit of both. I think uh, Woodley's kind of uh, Woodley kind of overestimated how big his experience would play a factor, and mm-hmm. also I think more of it was a little bit of the money grab. And I think Woodley just over time has become a little gun shy. You, you don't lose, like, 30 rounds in a, like, 20 rounds. You don't lose, like, four, five-round fights and then get finished in your last one, and then you're the same guy. Hmm. Fair. 
Yeah. Um, when people say it was rigged, I think like, well, for who and why and I mean, what's I mean, the purpose? No more and, than boxing is usually rigged. I mean, so so do you all think in any way it was rigged or could have been rigged? Because I mean, people said that about the last fight that Jake Paul had against Ben Askren. Because a lot of people say like, you know, people said that. So. I mean, he fought a dude that was coming off of hip surgery and has never been like, uh, never been like. Any kind of technical striker. Right. So you, as far as credence to the whole, it was rigged. You give zero, as far as just any, you know, kind of, you know, think that's actual mm. actually happened. I'd say, say maybe like fifteen percent, because uh, especially if you listen to interview Teddy Atlas, he would uh, go into stories about how back in the day, um, like. Uh, a certain guy's trainer would take out the guys to the guys who are like running the athletic commission the night before the fight. They'd like take them out to dinner. They'd like buy them drinks, mm-hmm. and that would like sway judges to to like score a little bit more points in this way. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think, I, think I, don't, I don't know how much of that is going on now, but uh, there is always like that possibility. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a sport. <laughs> it's a sport, I and mean, also. And also, just most athletic commission judges are, hmm, how do I put this kindly? Fucking stupid. <laughs> okay. And don't know what they're looking at. Yeah. Uh, Chill, what were you going to say? So, I was just saying, it's all a sport, man. I mean, shit. That's why people go to Vegas to bet on fights. That's why people go to Vegas to bet on sports and other shit. It's a sport. So, I mean, if you want to say it's rigged, if it's rigged or not, motherfuckers still getting paid. Yeah. yeah. So, Without me watching the fight, I do feel like, um, and I thought the word rigged is a little bit too strong of a description for this. I think that because Jake Paul and his brother are internet influencers, I would use the term, the, the, the fight was fluffed for entertainment. Mm-hmm. It was, it was not Hollywood. It was, um, that, that, that I would say, because, um, yeah. because, um, Let's be real. The second either of them gets starched, knocked out, head bouncing on the canvas, finished, this entire like YouTube uh, boxer thing, that is done. It's kaput. No yeah. athletic commission is ever going to sanction one of those fights ever again. Yeah. Hmm. Because this, this is their cash grab. This is, this is their way to make money and grab people who, like, I'm not a sports person by any means, mm-hmm. but if you tell me, like, <laughs> I'm going to throw out a ra- random YouTuber. If you tell me PewDiePie... Philip DeFranco or Mr. Beast Burger or shit, Mr. Shit, Mr. Throw, shit, throw me like 500k. I'll fucking like knock their shit in. Let's go. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. Any of those dudes, like you tell me, a, a, like a, a big YouTuber just gets in the ranks, like, well, shit, like, you're gonna get like the whole their whole entire at least half of their subscriber base at yeah. least tuning into the fight live. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a celebrity shit. Like you, of course, you don't gotta go that hard, and then. So and also, and also, uh, with boxing, unlike with MMA, you can actually like shift the rules around a little bit. You can like say, okay, we'll just go this number around for this minute, m- many number of minutes a piece, and with uh, this big of gloves. You can't really right. do that in MMA. Yeah. Uh, Chill. What were you gonna say? Sorry, finish. Oh, just saying, like, just what, like what he said, and on top of that, I mean, it's just a, it's just a business. Uh, I mean, not a business, but like. The celebrity boxers or whatever y'all want to call them, motherfuckers, like, mm-hmm. 
they don't get trained like regular boxers. Like regular boxers are trained to take hits. Regular boxers have been in expedition fights, over a hundred expedition fights once they even get to the fucking TV. So yeah. yeah, like 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 on top of what Nick said, like yeah, all, all right, cool. We are gonna make padded glove. All right, cool. Mm-hmm. You, ain't, you know uh, we can now we can't agree on if we gonna hit that hard or not, but mm-hmm. we can't agree on hey, all right, don't knock me out. You know what I'm saying? Right. Or that four fifty contract because all that shit got contracts in those days. Yeah, it's nothing. So right a contract can say, hey Elijah, don't don't mm-hmm. knock me out in the third round, bro. But you can knock me out in the fourth. Right. Yeah. So you think they they're probably trained to keep pace to keep endurance going for the mm-hmm. for the prolonged length of the show, right? Oh, it's called contracts and like backroom agreements. Yeah, because I, I think oh, okay. that's what the thing with the whole like when it was Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather. A lot of people saying like Floyd probably could have ended that fight a lot earlier, but you know you gotta extend he it out. Could have been any time he wanted. The uh-huh. same way with the the Conor McGregor fight, which was much more competitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, with this, I mean, Tyrone probably got paid more money to do this fight than he has in his entire MMA career to fight. Which uh, he have? He made more money in this fight than he did in his last five in the UFC. Yeah. Because how much did he get paid for this fight? I think uh, the disclosed purse was a uh, eight hundred and seventy-five thousand. Yeah. So that's a really good bag. That's a really really good bag. Yeah. That's uh, a really good incentive to fight anybody, honestly. Yeah, that paid, bro. Yeah, and then Jake Paul did take less money for this fight, so it can pay more of the. You yeah, know, I the, think it was uh, his purse was like a like a ten million, and he gave up uh, one of that to like distribute amongst the uh, guys on the undercard. Yeah, so I mean that was good on him to do that, you know. Get and then a lot of these things, you know, even though you know the main event is kind of somewhat people can see as a joke, it it, it does give more. You know, kind of the undercard fights are still pretty good. You know what I mean, and and gives more kind of mm. eyes on those people because that's what Floyd did with his thing. Was just it gives with his whole brand and his fighters gives more of them shine and spotlight. And then when I did watch the Connor fight, because uh, I watched that whole event, because uh, I went to the theater mm. to go see it and just to see what it was. And the, actually, a lot of the undercard fights were actually really good. Actually, and I was like, I'm having a good time watching. Yeah, it. there were yeah there were a lot of great fighters on that undercard. I think Javante uh, Davis was. On- uh, under uh, um, uh, Luis Ortiz, who's fought uh, Deontay Wilder twice, he was on the undercard. Uh, some great fights, and if you're smart, you're as a boxer, you're trying to get on the undercard of one of those shows. Yeah. Um, and you gonna fight? Oh, we say. I say hey, you gonna fight your ass off too. Yeah. Like you know what I'm saying? It's an opportunity. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's probably the biggest eyes you're going to have on you in, you know, in a while or maybe in your whole career. Yeah. You know, and you probably know the main event's probably going to suck. So you don't have to fight that hard in order to get people talking about you. Yeah. Um, So, so, so Josh, do you think. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. That's fine. I'm going to say, like, so since we, uh, since we're all seeing this, inevitably, this is going to be a trend where internet influencers of either YouTube, Maybe they might get into Twitch. Who knows? Shit, they they, there, was, there was like a there. there was like a TikTok versus YouTube card a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, so my question is, when you when you guys think they're gonna get the OnlyFans girls to go fight on uh fight in the ring? That's <laughs> the, I think yeah. It's gonna be what OnlyFans versus I, I, strippers or something. It's gonna be that OnlyFans versus, only fan, only, only versus what many vids. Yeah. Uh, OnlyFans versus Patreon. That's the only way. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, only fans versus the Playboy bunnies. Like it's gonna be like that kind of fight. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah, they they'll probably do some yeah you know. But I mean things like this aren't new. I mean they've had celebrity type boxing matches before. It, it's 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 not new. I think it's just been the first time it's been take it's been gotten this much notoriety yeah, in a it's, long time. It's just sometimes yeah, it's just people this you know big of nature with this big of fan base and brought this much money mm-hmm. and attention to actually things. Because uh, I saw one, I saw one where it was like I didn't even know this was happening. It was like Blueface versus like. A TikTok guy or YouTube guy, like why the fuck is Blueface huh? fighting? He's he was doing a whole boxing yeah. match. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing a boxing match for? But I was like, okay. It's so different to watch back in the day with wrestling, and we seen Dennis mm-hmm. jumping over fucking, you know? Yeah, it's just it's the same. Yeah. yeah, wasn't Trump in a wrestling match at one point? Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah. He was in uh, WWE. Yeah, he's a he's the only president that's a WD, WWE Hall of Famer. The only president <laughs> in the late '90s, we almost in the late '90s or like the early 2000s, we almost got Wesley Snipes versus Joe Rogan. Mm. Oh, really? That would have been nice. Ooh, yeah, nice. yeah. yeah. Um, I want to see. Uh, I want to see Barack Obama play some esports. That's what I want to see. Play some esports. Yeah. <laughs> well, Barack Obama. I mean, he is pretty good with them drone strikes. So maybe he's pretty good at Call of Duty. He's pretty good. <laughs> Um, he's pretty good. He's good. So I think he, I think he'd be killer at that Call of Duty boy. He good with them Jones strike boy. Like uh, the second he gets that fucking UAV, yeah, precision, precision airstrike in back. Yeah, yeah. What's your airstrike? I see Obama like getting your face, like like real close to your face, like I'll fight you. That'd yeah. be the funniest shit. <laughs> yeah, he's just yeah, he's just on the mic, raging on the mic. You know, what I mean? you're going down. Uh, well, Let me be clear, you're going down. Oh, uh, Michelle, uh, get out the room because uh, you're distracting me. Uh, where's my uh, my G fuel? Uh, need that to perform a lot better. Oh man, uh, uh, oh, something's wrong with my controller. Um, yes, uh, you're still attached to it. Uh, <laughs> let me be clear. Uh, you're a scrub. Uh, get off the <laughs> uh, I'm gonna send you uh, back to the lobby. <laughs> oh wow, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. So I mean, what do you think about the possibility of? So just final thoughts on this. What do you think? Uh, I'm ask two questions. So what do you think about the possibility of doing a rematch, Tyron Willie, Jake Paul, and do you think it was a right decision for the win for them to give a win to Jake Paul? Uh, as like. If I watch, look at it objectively, uh, God, I already feel sick saying this, but Jake, Jake Paul, Jake Paul won. Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, by every single fight metric out there, Jake Paul won the fight. Hmm. Except for the fourth round, which should have been a 10-8, and that way it would have been a draw. Okay. And so do you think, what about the possibility of, because Tyron says he wants to run it back, so what do you think about the possibility of maybe doing a run back? Ain't gonna happen. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, nobody care about that shit anyway. It's not gonna happen. Jake Jake Paul's either, I think, uh, Tommy Fury, the... The boxer who was on like Love Island in the UK, I think he might uh, end up getting the call next. Uh, mm. There's talk about like Jorge Masvidal uh, jumping over. Mm. More MMA guys, huh? Okay. Um, yeah. See, 
I agree with Nick, honestly. Uh, at this point, because with this being a trend and it making more money per uh, high, I guess what high tier athletic fighter they can find, mm-hmm. they're going to keep upping his wins. Like he's going to win because they need to keep upping this trend. Like it has to escalate over time to gain more money. So I'm sure he's going to fight a bigger and bigger and bigger. There's a reason why, um, uh, not uh, the Scottish guy, the, the what's his name? Conor McGregor. Yeah. There's a reason why McGregor won't fight one of the brothers right now. Like he's not going to just fight them out the gate. You're not going to fight the, one of the A-list fighters mm. out the gate doing this uh, YouTube influencer thing. You're going to start small with people who've lost, like, like Nick said, 30 rounds or who've gotten, you know, got knocked out in the last couple of rounds. Um, and they're going to give it to him because the more dubs the brothers have under their belt, it, even though it's kind of, you know, fluffed up a little bit, it seems more legitimate as their success. The more success but, you have, uh, the higher tier you go to. Yeah, but then again, in professional boxing, at this point, who doesn't have kind of a padded record? Mm-hmm. Like, even with Canelo Alvarez, with, with, like, most of his fights up until the first Floyd Mayweather, um, a lot of them, they don't even have a Wikipedia page. Like, I couldn't find out who these guys are. Okay. Uh, Chill, what about you, man? Would you be interested to see second fight between Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley? No. Yeah. <laughs> Jake Paul got to fight somebody white. Let's do that, I'll watch he no, fought, no, he, let Jake Paul fight. Let Jake Paul fight Anderson Silva and get the shit beat out of him. Nah, don't it, like him, shit. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Anderson Silva's kind of hey, Anderson. Ju- Anderson. Anderson just got him off a pro pro boxing win over Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Mm. and clowned him. Wow. Okay. Well, it wasn't a fight. It was an eight round ass whooping. Yeah. I against see, a uh, former world champion boxer. I want to see Jake Paul fight the actor from Iron Fist. That's what I want to see. Come on, man! You watched Finn. You watched Iron Fist. I'm not trying to watch a public execution. Exactly. It'd be fun to watch. Um. All right. So moving on from discussing Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley, we're going to discuss a little bit of uh, a little bit of news that just broke. Uh, Candyman did really well at the box office. So congrats to Candyman. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie uh, was directed uh, by Nia DaCosta. So there was um, news that came out uh, that Nia DaCosta becomes first black uh, female director to open a pick number one at the domestic box office. Um, and yeah, really, yeah. yeah. And I, when I heard that news, I was kind of like, huh, I was thinking like, really, she's the first person. I was trying to think of all the people that could have possibly, I was like, Ava DuVernay never did that. And I was trying to think of maybe a movie she did. And I was like, wrinkle in time. Shit, man. Ain't, dude, ain't nobody see a wrinkle in time. Yeah. I, and then I remember, yeah, that movie, that movie was garbage. I remember that. I mean, Ava DuVernay's <laughs> and it, uh, yeah, it, I mean she's a great. Yeah, I watched it because I had to watch it for the show one time. I did have to watch it. Yeah, way back. I think the review. Yeah, Oprah in it, right? Uh, we say. Yeah, it had Oprah in it, right? Yeah, it had Oprah. Yeah, yeah. big, big yeah. Oprah. You can see her big face and everything. Giant Oprah, giant, giant Tess Oprah. Yeah, yeah, she was in I'm there. Yeah, um, you know, you don't want to get stepped on by Oprah. Or what? You have something against oh, her? Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Oprah, Oprah, you seem like you got to like not too You know, make sure you got a plate ready or something. If, if it's big, Oprah, you know, I need that midnight snack. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I was trying to think, but 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it's congratulations to her. So this is a report by Deadline here. I'm reading here. So um, it says here, um, the top five openings for the movies at the domestic box office helmed by black women directors are A Wrinkle in Time, which came in at uh, 33, uh, 33.1 million, Candyman at 20.4 million, uh, Little 15.4 million, uh, who was directed by Tina Gordon? Uh, the photograph, which I saw that movie. Uh, that was a movie with the Cleve Stanfield and Issa Rae in it. Um, mm. That came in at like twelve point one million. Uh, you have Queen and Slim, which came in at eleven point eighty nine million. Uh, the latter, all four being uh, universal releases. Um, so yeah, so those were kind of the movies that by black women directors that have came in in the top five before in the box office. So Nita Costa is only one that uh, her film Candyman has only come in at number one. Um, at twenty point four million, um, yeah, uh, this is uh, you know kind of a great win for her. Uh, congratulations to her. Uh, yeah. We reviewed Candyman on the show uh, last week, and we enjoyed it quite a bit. Uh, I liked it. I gave it a. Um, yeah, uh, Josh, Josh did. Uh, um, so did uh, our guests, uh, Jenna and uh, Reese. Um, it's not available in Japan yet, so I still haven't been able to watch it. Um, yeah. yeah, but, yeah. Hey, I'm not trying to like look in the mirror and say his name five times in order to get a copy. I'm I'm not doing no. that. Yeah. <laughs> Chicago's there, man. Hey, man. Hey, Japan. Let them know. Put that out there. Yeah. <laughs> Josh, what is your uh, what is your rating system, by the way? We just do kind of for right now. It's just one to ten. I've been trying to come up uh, with a better rating system, kind of like something that we can have more fun with. But right now, it's just kind of a generic. You know, rated out of a ten. You know what I mean, right now. So, if people can think of you know something a little bit more fun, a little bit more creative, I'd like to do that with the rating system. But for right now, it's just kind of one through ten right now uh, that we do. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. Oh. So yeah, uh, I enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, you know, people love horror. As somebody mentioned in the chat, uh, Ray Nicole, um, she said she did love A Wrinkle in Time. Um, she's like one of the maybe the fifty people that actually loved that movie. Uh, uh, yeah, but or, uh, you know, saw it. Yeah, that's really high. <laughs> uh, but uh, and she says, yeah, people do love horror. Horror movies are great to come in at the box office and be number one, especially yeah. when there's not much competition. So that's great there. So yeah, um, yeah, but even, yeah, even the bigger win is um, um, Anita Costa. She released a horror movie to a property that hasn't been good since like the 1990s, and did it in a fucking pandemic environment, theater theaters only, and still managed to get number one at the box office. Yeah. And it so. and it looked and it looked good. Like you gotta give it that like people were waiting for the and, movie. And critically praised as well. And a lot of that was because of that producer tag uh, from producer Jordan Peele. Yeah. A lot yeah. of people still call it Jordan Peele's Candyman, but that's a I mean, yeah. But it's Nia DaCosta's Candyman. Gotta give her credit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's Nia DaCosta's Candyman. Uh, when the fucking trailer for the Marvels comes out, I better fucking see from the director of Candyman. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, and she's also going to be directing the Marvels movie, which is the sequel to Captain Marvel. So she might get another number one box office film with that one when that one comes out. Uh, probably more likely. Uh, so, yeah. I just hope it's good. I hope it's good. Yeah, uh, I hope so I mean, too. I, uh, go ahead. I did, I did not like Marvel. Did not like Captain Marvel. I mean, I didn't see. Uh, I, I, I wasn't a fan of Captain Marvel either, but I think a lot of that was because of the writers and directors involved, and you can clearly tell that Marvel wasn't happy with. It. Bring him back. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, no, I, I just I, I don't want to go on a tirade about Captain Marvel, but I, it it's her introduction and her continuation in the Marvel Cinematic Universe was just pretty poor. Not only was it very hand-fisted uh, with the social uh, social issues that they try to bring up in the movie, mm-hmm. the storyline didn't really make sense or flow very well. Um, I am not going to start this debate over the whole Mary Sue thing, but it was, she was kind of somewhat Ray from Ray Skywalker-ish to me as a, as a character. Okay. But not only that, man, but they did the... Uh, they, they did some animation with her um, in Endgame where, like, you're the most powerful person does not show up to the end, and they damn near saw the whole issue. Like, they damn near, like, she was Goku of yeah. Endgame, almost. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it felt yeah. like she's almost a one-army kind of person. Like, she could just get the dub by herself. Yeah, but, there was no yeah, but, that, yeah, but then again, so, so, did, uh, so did Scarlet Witch in, in Endgame. She almost mm-hmm. got that, and you don't see that same argument about her. Yeah, but she, it, it seems like Scarlet Witch is more vulnerable. It seems like than Captain Marvel is. She's she's she could like the whole army. Yeah, I mean, I say I say, uh, I, say I say to to kind of I think I think y'all should kind of put that out of the way a little bit, and to kind of just think about uh, the Tony and Thanos fight and how important that was to just to di- the dialogue of things. And think of it, because just think of it that they brought all of those three things in that way, Scarlet Witches mm-hmm. and, and Marvels and everything like that. So I, I don't think I'm not I'm not trying to steer y'all away from it, but I'm just mm-hmm. saying yeah. think of it that way. I think I think the what what they what's what's their name? The, um, what's the brothers that do it? What's the name? Uh, the brothers. Oh, Russo brothers. Yeah, Russo brothers. Oh, the Russos. Yeah, Russo brothers. Like so, the first thing that we that I think a lot of them get praised for is their choreography, right? I think mm-hmm. probably be a big thing with podcast. They fucking uh, fi- uh, karate, but uh, <laughs> is is something about that from Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. from that first fight with Winter Soldier, that first real fight when they was outside. Now mm-hmm. when they seen each other, it was just quick. I'm talking about that was just the first real fight when they was outside. That was such like a dramatic fight when they got mm-hmm. up close to each other. It was it was it was so brutal that. They had to know they had to hurt each other because they already knew, like, okay, I know you already stronger than me. You already on what I'm on. You're you're a killer. I have to stop you. And they made that seem that way in that fight. All yeah, there was, there was yeah, there was tension and emotional stakes in that in that fight in uh, in the Winter Soldier. And and I'll say uh, for Shang Chi when we get to our review for that. But yeah, I don't think they managed to match that with something like Captain Marvel, Black Widow. Yeah, but yeah I, I think I think I think with uh with that, like I said, when they brought in like Miss Marvel, uh, uh, Marvel Captain Marvel, I mm. think they brought that shit in to to be like, this is her importance. That it, it got to be way more shit going on, which is mm. what we kind of discovering now. In okay, and 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 I'm excited to see what Nia Dacosta, especially bringing in. Um, Bringing in um, Monica Rambeau, bringing in uh, Kamala Khan into that movie. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ray Nicole and Chess. She said, "Yeah, I love Marvel, but I thought Captain Marvel was." Uh, she gave three yawn emojis uh, there. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought. Cap- even I don't. Even I don't hate Captain Marvel. I'd say it's like on the lower tier of Marvel Studios movies. But even then, even if I'm just watching it by itself, it's it's an okay movie to have on in the background. It's very me. I enjoy it for the world building. 
It's very mm-hmm. mid, yes. There, there, are some, there are some aspects of Captain Marvel I really love. I love the the twist with Ben Mendelsohn's character. And, and was, the, it a, was it a twist? Was it a twist? It's a <laughs> twist just by the virtue of who you cast character. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, shout out to Nia DaCosta. Great for her. Um, you know, hopefully you see, you know, more kind of, you know, a lot more, you know, black women directors because that's kind of crazy it's 2021 yep. and, and you know she's and more movie studios taking a chance on uh mm. black female directors yeah. because yeah. let's be real if jordan peele's name wasn't attached to Candyman, i don't think that movie gets made mm. yeah very true yeah um but i mean they, I agree. they do love to take oh, things from the past though and remake them uh chill go ahead no i was just saying Candyman had fucking what sequels yeah, to the first one that was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah e- even Tony Todd talked shit about the Candyman sequels. Yeah, I've never seen them. I've I've never ever seen the Candyman sequels. Do yourself a favor. Don't. Yeah, don't. Um, all for, right. for your sanity, don't. Uh, all right. So moving on from discussing that, uh, Ed Eisner. Um, he passed away. Hollywood legend at the age of Eisner. Uh, Asner, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> my bad. Uh, he passed away at the age of ninety-one, um, and he passed away, you know, very nice, uh, peacefully in his sleep, which is, you know, kind of great thing to imagine, living a long life, passing away in your sleep at ninety-one, and you know, people know yeah. him. Um, he's a seven-time Emmy-winning uh, actor. Uh, you know, people probably who are around my age probably know him from things like Up. I mean, he was the old man in that. Um, he was the old man in the Boondocks. He did a lot of great voiceover work. He was the old rich guy there. Yeah, voiceover work. Yeah, voiceover work. He was the voice of uh, Ola J. Jonah Jameson in the 90s Spider-Man. Mm, did yeah. the voice, I think, for uh, uh, Commissioner Gordon in Batman. He was uh, Granny Goodness in the Superman animated series. Yeah. Mm. So that was surprising me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so his... What you say? He was in Roots, man. Yep. <laughs> he was in uh, Gargoyles. Uh, Duckman. Yeah, I mean, he's had a, a long, long career. Uh, you know, and then a lot of older people probably know him from, like, Mary Tyler Moore. I have a picture here from the People's article right here that talks about his passing um, where it has a picture of him from the uh, Mary Tyler Moore show, and then his ass looked old as hell here, too. Damn. Um, this man <laughs> never been young. Holy crap. Uh, <laughs> jo- Josh, how, how long was his career? When did he stop at what age? I feel like, I mean, up was he, he was still working up until like uh, this year. He was uh, did a, a short for Up called Doug Days. Uh, yeah. He did something called Captain Daddy. He was a voice on Central Park. He's appeared in Cobra Kai. Yeah. Hmm. So he was still working. Yeah. Like like kind of like Betty White. I mean Betty White still shows up, appears and stuff. You know, does voice work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Um, so yeah, and I think he he's done more a lot of small stuff. Stuff he can like show up to set for a couple hours. Uh, get his check and go home. Stuff he can just uh, head, pull up to the recording booth. Oh, um, Bubbles has got to take off. All right. Bye, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Chat. Say goodbye to Bubbles there, and and we got some good emotes <laughs> of Bubbles as well that you can show yeah. off. Yeah. So if yeah, you wanna... Bubbles, Bubbles, and uh, Bubbles and uh, her mom are going on a little girls' day. No. Mm. Yeah. Get a nice little pedicure, manicure. You know, relax, chill <laughs> out. Yeah. Uh, grab some coffee. Yeah, get like the nails, watch Candyman. <laughs> watch Candyman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's had a long career. You know, a lot of people probably have heard his voice and don't even know it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. good for him. I didn't know it. 
Yeah. Um, you know, like Superman, yeah, Granny Goodness. Yeah, I remember Granny Goodness. That was a great role for him in Superman the Animated Series. Um, yeah, Nick, uh, he just spent... Uh, Nick just showed the emote. Nice little Bubbles emote that people can use. Very cute little emote made by uh, Jenny Liano. Uh, Jenny Liano made those like emotes for us, which is pretty nice. Um, and if you guys need some emotes, uh, emotes made, uh, contact me. I'll get a hold of Jenny, get you in contact with her, and give her some good work to do uh, working for the emotes. So yeah, she's very good. Um, just do you have? Yo, any- Jenny is one of those toasties who works, man. Like I, I never formally had a conversation with her, but like she's one of the top people who I see all the time in the. At least yes. on Facebook, who's always working. Her and uh, I have, uh, and I know Dominic. I'm relatively pretty good friends with Dominic all the time because Dominic's made some art for me and for the podcast mm. more than once. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah, Dominic. I'm, I think I'm sub to his Patreon. Dominic is a very great artist. Uh, he made that artwork on your shirt right there for uh, DT Chicago. Yep, very much. Sure um, yeah, he's a very very great artist. Uh, love his artwork a lot. Very beautiful artist. Um, yeah, Dominic, Jenny, a lot of ta- a lot of really talented people, smart people, uh, funny people. Um, you know, in the community, uh, in the community that we're talking about is called Double Toasted. Uh, their podcast as well, and you know they have a nice community of people, like from where Elijah's from, where I'm from, where Chill is from, where Nick is from. So that's how we we kind of you know kind of all met each other, knew each other there mm-hmm. from that from that community. Yep. Yep. And, that's how yeah. me and Josh got in touch a year ago, and got to talking about dc and the rest is history yeah yeah i made a post wait, wait, talking about DC conversation um well was- yeah we yeah that's how i i initially came on the show josh had me on to talk about like uh dc fandom like the original batman trailer the fucking all of those all of those spots and invited me on a week later and now i'm a regular yeah yeah um yeah so that happened because it was it was me and it was uh chase and then um, we were doing, you know, something about the, like I said, DC fandom, and I put out a post on the group, and then I said, well, who knows a lot about the kind of DC stuff, and he raised his hand, so I said, hey, come on the show, liked him a lot, and then, you know, kind of had him back on, and then, yeah, uh, he's been a host with me ever since, so, yeah. Um, Elijah- yeah man, that's the cool thing about, yeah, that's the cool thing about the platform, man, because honestly, uh, Chill, I've known Chill for a couple years, man, and I think, uh, I, uh, Josh, how long have I known you on Facebook? Probably about two or three years. About two, three years? Yeah. I mean, maybe, yeah, possibly. Our Facebook anniversary might be coming up. You got to give me something special. Our Facebook anniversary might be coming up. I got you, man. Yeah. yeah. Give me, Because, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, one thing that's cool about the community is yeah, that you just, I really yeah, you just got to, like, uh, break into Josh's apartment, leave some rose pants, like, uh, yeah. hold on to his bed. Yeah. I like to be, leave yeah. Oh, sleep. Like some whining and dining. <laughs> I'll leave you a crown bottle. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, I, guess the, I guess the last person I got a shout out is uh, Mark Mark Garnes. Mark Garnes is the guy from mm-hmm. Canada. He did my YouTube channel's uh, intro and outro from the, uh, so some photos that we take in, man. He's another guy who um, is super, super cool uh, in the DT community. So I just yeah. feel like I got to share some love with some people. You know what I mean? Speaking of Jenny. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, Anthony Wilson, he made our intro as well. I've been using this intro for a while. Like the intro that people saw with the stream. Anthony Wilson made that. He continues to make a lot of stuff. For them. I'm going to him with a lot of stuff, like making our t- title cards, banners for our social media pages, um, things like that. So he's also really another great guy. Great, you know, makes great work. Um, so uh, Elijah, chill. What are your thoughts on about Ed Asner, his career, his impact on you? Uh, I guess. Chill, do you want to go first? Yeah, yeah, I go first. Uh, man, I mean, 
like I said, just looking through like just his catalog and then y'all just talking about it and everything. Uh, it's it's amazing. I, I mean, for me, off top, it's it's amazing. But like, so I'm not. So a lot of a lot of these movies I haven't seen. A lot of these Christmas movies I haven't seen. I already watched these type of Christmas movies. He did some movie with Kevin Hart called Let Go and shit like that. But the the matter the fact of the matter that like it was voiceover, you know, his voice mm-hmm. acting and shit like that. So, you know, for somebody to get so to land so many roles, you know, it lets you know right there that like your voice, you know, that shit was talented. So, like praise to him, praise to him just for his voice, man. Like that's that's a gift. Your voice is a gift, and like shit, I always look to shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Like even though I know, like I said, I, going back, I always like to go to this because. People give um, what's his name, Tony Todd, mm. or whatever his name is, that voice mm. of Black Panther right now. They mm. they give him a lot of that Kratos, uh, uh, you know, give him a lot of that Kratos credit. But fucking bro from fucking uh, Living Single was the first Kratos voice. Yeah, and they'll mm-hmm. never give him. Credit. Oh, you're you talking know? about so the, like, the guy who voices Kratos I, now is the guy from um, Stargate. He's from Stargate. Yeah, Chris Christopher Judge who does the voice. Yeah, Christopher Judge. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris, mm-hmm. I want to call Tony Ty because fucking Candyman. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the original. I think the original. Um, uh, 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 yeah, the original Kratos was um, Kyle Lass from Living Single. Hey, yeah. Nick, have you have you ever seen Living? Um, shit, I don't think I ever have. <laughs> you got Hulu. Yeah. You got Hulu. Yeah, Living Single is great. Living Single is a great show, man. It, like people give Martin his credit, but Living Single is a gem. Yeah. Tell you, that's all I got to say. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, by the way, I have the picture of uh, Ed. Uh, Ed, when he was in Roots, right here, I got that picture. Uh, yeah, I mean, he 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 doesn't look young here either, um, and. The picture I have is. I mean, I mean, he, I mean, he didn't start acting until he was like in his late forty. Ah, really? Uh, but you yeah. have uh, so it's the picture I have pulled up is Lavar Burton in chains, and then you have Ed behind him just looking menacing. Um, yeah, you you definitely tell he did some shit in Roots that was uh, yeah. I mean <laughs> that 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 was not for kids right there. I mean, holy shit. Uh, but uh, <laughs> That's yeah, not safe for work. Yeah. Uh, what sucks for me, I guess, is that Ed Ed Asner, like he, uh, I'm probably the baby out of everybody. I feel like I'm the youngest, and so for me, I didn't really have a chance to really admire most of his work because I feel like it was mm. a lot of it was when I was like maybe like five or six years old mm. uh, that he was really popular in most of the cartoons and things like that. Uh, but I, if you play, I mean, I didn't really watch the '90s Spider-Man, but I remember him playing his uh, his small role. And Boondocks. Um, I didn't watch Superman <laughs> either, but I mean, it's just it's 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 one of those voices. If you were to hear it, you'd recognize it because it's yeah. so unique. You feel kind of bad because you you can tell that he had those one of those golden, uh, very versatile uh, acting voices that could be put into almost anything, and it's you don't really miss it. Which unfortunately, you really miss it until they're gone, and mm-hmm. so it can be a bit nostalgic just for me knowing Boondocks and what were the other cartoons he was in. Uh, Superman um, the Animated Series, uh, Spider-Man Arnold, the Animals, Superman the Animated, yeah. Spider-Man so the Animated Series. Like, if you were to play those back, you'd be like, oh, I recognize that voice because it hits me, you know, through nostalgia. And mm. to know that it's gone, it's like, man, like he could have done so much more because with good material, 
he was from what from the episodes that I've seen when I was a kid. I've still seen I rewatched re- re- as an adult. Uh, they're very memorable, and he has really good, very good comedic timing in Boondocks. So I was like, wow, that sucks. That guy's not around anymore, you know? Yeah, yeah. And he had, he just had a good classic old man voice, you know, that you do a parody of when you you know talk like an old man, like very crotchety, you know. So it's like it's, every time you do the old man voice, you end up doing a little that ass. Yeah, you know what I mean. He had that very distinctive kind of old man voice like that. That was very much recognizable that people remember. So, what, uh, what did he say? Did you just offer me cheese? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Whatever that line was from Boondocks. Oh yeah, he's like, I love cheese. Yeah, <laughs> I love cheese. Yeah. I love cheese. Um, so in the chat, uh, uh, Ray Nicole says Cicely Tyson didn't start acting until her 30s. She's another legendary actress that recently passed away. Did she yeah. pass away? Um, this uh, this year or last year, Cicely Tyson? I think it was last year. I think I want to say or this year. What was her biggest roles? Um, Cicely Tyson. Uh, well, her last role was uh, in Tyler Perry's. Um, what was that movie called? Um, the, the the one with uh, uh, Billy Brooks in it. Uh, Makai Brooks. Oh, oh god! Fucking, uh, oh um, fucking! Uh, <laughs> a fall from Grace. A fall from Grace. That was her last role. Yeah, Cicely Tyson. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just watched that the other oh day. Oh my god! Because she was, man, she was old. Movie. Like she, well, she was old. Period. But like, yeah. still, like she's been around for a very, very long time, and she's been. I think she's one of Tyler Perry's top actors, and most of she was always a wise old woman. Um, yeah. In most of his movies, I didn't realize she died. Yeah, oh, she man. yeah she passed away. Um, somebody said in the chat this year. So Ray yeah, Nicole she, said, she, yeah, she passed away in January. Yeah, uh, she passed away. Yeah, in January. Yeah, uh, she lived a very long life too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Why did you watch that movie, Eli? Why? Uh, because it was funny. I, I watched it the day. Oh, it's one of the best comedies of last year of uh, like the last two years. Yeah. Hey, thank you uh, very much, uh, early morning lover. Oh. He he just cheered our first bits uh, ever on the channel. So yeah, oh. yeah, that's hey. awesome. So yeah, nice. thank you, thank you for early the sixteen bits. Lover. Yeah. Thank you, man. Um, another great streamer I, I ran into. Uh, he's really great. Love his whole setup. He streams games like Assassin's Creed, Valhalla. Um, you know, so very, very great streaming himself. So I feel like, I, damn, I kind of want to frame it. You know how, like, when businesses get their first dollar and they kind of put it in the nice little frame yeah. case? You know what I mean? I kind of want to do that. You know, maybe take a screenshot of it. Just, and, like, uh, yeah, just take a screenshot, print it out, like, put Yeah, print it up, put it behind me. You know what I mean? Like, my yeah, my first, yeah. Uh, thank you. And he also gifted a sub. Thank you, man. Oh, and gifting a sub. Thank oh, you. Oh, he's an MVP. Yeah, uh, he's a, a go for that one. Yeah, show. thank you, man. Um, you know, just, hey, I show love in his streams all the time. I recommend you guys check him out. Show him some love as well. Follow him if you can. Um, he's very good as well. Uh, another uh, stream I follow, uh, Philippe is also in here. Um, he streams Zelda as well. Uh, you know, plays a lot of right. Zelda. So I've been in his streams that they're watching him play Zelda. Got a good setup too. Watching him play Zelda, I need to play more Zelda. I told him that. Um, like I, I have Breath of the Wild on Switch, but uh, I, I haven't played it. I'm lazy. I mean, that's just it's such a big game. Uh, I do not like the Switch just because it is a handheld console. I wish Nintendo maintained competition uh, like they were with the 64 and the GameCube when the 360 and the uh, PS4, Xbox One generations came out i still think nintendo has a lot of potential i understand that they were dominating when motion control first came out mm. but i feel like if they would have kept going by making these games because they, they 
I understand like the two big boys are, are well, the three, I guess now, if you have money, is PC, Xbox, and PlayStation. Mm. And they kind of dominated the motion control and the family market for gaming. But it's like, for me, I don't like the setup of the of the Switch where it's, you know, handheld or you can put it in 720 HD on a, on a TV if you mount it. I'm like, dude, if they made a, like a pro, like the rumors say, the pro Switch for mm. uh for like for consoles, I would love to play Breath of the Wild because I've, the playthroughs I've seen for Zelda, dude, that makes me want to get a Switch. But just because it's one game, I don't want to really invest um, the money into it. Yet. Well, there is the Steam Deck that's coming out. Um, that that's supposed to be the people are calling it the Switch Killer. Um, so that's going to come out in December. You know, and a lot of you can play pretty much you know all these Steam games that are from the library of Steam plus a lot of console yeah. games. So it, it it looks like an extremely powerful console as well. Um, a handheld mm-hmm. console. Uh, maybe it's way more powerful than the Switch. So a lot of people are saying like this could be the thing that finally is great competition for the Switch. Um, but yeah, uh, oh, go ahead, Chip. Uh, I was just saying, I don't know nothing about y'all talking about, man. I ain't <laughs> playing Zelda. <laughs> yeah, my girl, she bought a, she, yeah, my girl, she bought a Switch and hasn't touched it for like six months. Mm-hmm. Oh, you gotta play, uh, what? Play, you, I mean, you can play, you can invite some people over, play some Mario Kart, play some Smash. Smash is always a great mm-hmm. game to play with people. That, Mario Kart. Wait, you broke. You can use one switch and play with folks like a party. Um, yeah. yeah, so the, the controllers are like I hate, that's why I hate it. You can take them apart and disassemble them, and they're very small. Or I'm you can. Oh, you can. Me. See, I still play Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I got big hands. I, I need like a full controller. You can buy yeah, a controller. You can also. You know, you can also buy like an, another like people buy GameCube controllers to hook up to it, like USB or wireless controllers that you can. So yeah, you so you can have, you know, people come over, play some Mario Kart, play some Smash, yeah, you know, and things like that. Those are fun party games. Always have fun, yeah. Um, so, um, dude, anytime, yeah. I mean, really, if anybody brought out the N64, bro, let's run it up and Mortal Kombat 4, original Smash Brothers, um, Gold Mario Nye. Kart, Goldeneye. Yup, there you go. Yeah, good old, yeah. So yeah, always good. That just looks like such a good time, don't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh me, dude. I'm just a, I'm just a nerd. Bring me on. What y'all talking about anime, nerd, Marvel, Star Wars shit, or like uh, or uh, video games, dude. Like I'm all over that. Okay. If we- I was a girl that like don't do for a living. I would definitely hang out with uh, Eli. Oh, I would. <laughs> <laughs> um, but hey, we can, we, yeah, we can have. <laughs> We're going to have uh, on you, uh, Elijah, again, because I think I want to do a, a, a series retrospective of uh, Cowboy Bebop since the, the live-action show is going to come out. Mm-hmm. So I kind of maybe want to go back, because I haven't seen Cowboy Bebop in years. So I kind of want to go back, rewatch that, review that, and review the movies of that since the live-action version is coming out and you know on Netflix. Uh, there's going to be a TV series. Yeah, Fun so. facts. Wait, that is, is it, my... Uh, is it a, a rework? You know that's that's my type of stuff, youngster. I like that stuff. I like Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> okay, I think it's okay, like a okay. reimagining or a remake. Yeah. All right. Oh. All right. I'm about to get some shit in the comments. That is my Achilles heel of my anime career. I have never finished Cowboy Bebop. I've tried. It's very slow to me. Uh, slow. Here comes, I, that, like, oh, no, like, here comes I, the hate raid. Oh no! Here comes the hate raid. Slow. Dude, listen. Bleach and Cowboy Bebop are the two animes that people. Praise to death, and I'm like, I can't well, sit down and watch it. it. 
it took me years to finish Hunter x Hunter, but I love it now. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I mean, Bleach is different. I mean, Bleach is like eight thousand episodes. Cowboy Bebop is only one season and then a couple of movies. Like, you, like that's it. Right. It says too slow. What? Uh, come on. It, it, it's very, very okay. Very slow build. Very slow build for me. So like, I wasn't because it was okay. Here's the one main episode that I remember from Cowboy Bebop. What's so? Who's the guy? The main guy with the uh, with the red chip and the and the blue hair. Spike, Spike Spiegel, uh, Spike. Spike. So what's what's the episode where Spike is fighting some serial killer near like a Ferris wheel and it's like the winter time? Oh, I remember that episode. I vaguely remember that episode. Yeah, that is the only episode that I've seen as a kid and as an adult that like I remember most of it. And I'm like, okay, if every episode is like this, I'm 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 loving the anime. Like I want to really really get into it. But then there's a lot of scenes I remember growing up watching Adult Swim and Toonami where it's just them like the strange girl with a dog floating in space and there's just a bunch of talking. Yeah. Like, to me as a kid, that was just got boring. <laughs> so for me, I don't have nostalgia for it. You know what I mean? Okay. Well, mm-hmm. hey, when when we do, when I tell you when we do like a retrospective of it, you can rewatch it, you know, with us and then check it out and then come on and get your thoughts on there. Everything like that. And chill, maybe you'll be a part of it too, man. You know what I mean? Relive them days, bro. Yeah. yeah. I'm down. I, you know, I used to watch Barbera cartoons. Don't, don't get me started. <laughs> uh, yeah. I used to, yeah, I used to watch some Hanna Barbera stuff like that. They used to show those on Boomerang, everything like that. Um, yeah, I fucked with Boomerang a lot. Yeah, um, and hey, speaking of Adult Swim, actually, Elijah, actually, yesterday was Adult Swim's twentieth anniversary. Um, yesterday, that they you're pre- kidding? Yeah, really? Yeah. Damn, they've been around for twenty years. Two thousand. Oh, I'm old. Yeah, that's right. Fuck, I'm old. <laughs> wait a minute. Dude, wait a minute. I'm, I'm old too. Wait a minute. So, because. Ah. Anyone's right. knee just start hurting out of nowhere? <laughs> yeah. So, so like this, one I'm trying to get straight real quick. Uh, I don't know if anybody remembers, but I remember when like before Cartoon Network even came, it was on like some weird channel that would show like multiple things, right? And it would just show like previews of their shows, and then Cartoon Network kind of became a channel. Are mm-hmm. we counting that, or are we counting the uh, Adult Swim just Adult Swim? But- I think it was just. What was the name of it? I, I mean, I mean, Adult Swim was just like the late night block of network, right? Yeah, yeah but it came after. Yeah, I think they would just count like Adult Swim when like Adult Swim became a thing, not like Cartoon Network yeah. and then what before it. It was just kind of like Adult Swim. Was yeah, I think I think I think it was like uh, there was Toonami, and mm-hmm. like after like 10 p.m. That's when Adult Swim came on, and they eventually split it off into its own thing. Yeah. Yeah, because I think Toonami was the block between 7 that was and like, that, Yeah, that was, like, that was like the action show. That was like, uh, mm-hmm. here's Samurai Jack, Star Wars, yeah. The Clone Wars, Dragon Ball, uh, Teen Titans, yeah. Dragon Ball. How did that, for me, for what I remember, came after. That's what I'm saying. Like, when, mm. when, I, when it first came out, I remember Cartoon Network was on this channel. It was on some weird channel that was like the uh like the video boxes where you see the 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 listeners and shit uh-huh. it was like mm-hmm. on the chat like that, right yeah and it was like always... it's like it was like cn1 cn2 or yeah, like those like kinds that. of channel blocks yeah it was on that channel and you would have like interludes where it would play this one song i remember it it would go da, 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 da. <laughs> and it was like elevator music mm. and, and 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 i remember because cartoon network before they started launching i always think somebody would do it nobody's there Cartoon Network before they started launching, they were playing anime. They mm-hmm. were playing anime. Shit. So like, yeah, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think like, Adult Swim. There was like, a, there was like a two-hour block where it was uh, reruns of like Family Guy, 
uh, Futurama, American Dad, and after those, that's when it became the anime block. Yeah, before that though, this is before that. Mm -hmm. This is before Adult Swim. This is before Toonami. It was just Cartoon Network, and they would split it up. They would still play like Ed, Ed, and Eddie. This was like it was Super Pilot. It was Super Pilot. So they would still play Ed, Ed, and Eddie. They would split it up, and at the end, like at the end of the night, they would play more anime shit. Because I remember watching an anime about this kid and his family, and it was Hiroshima, and that him and the kid had to like survive him and his mother. And shit. It was very fucked up. Oh uh-huh. yeah. Okay. What's the year on that? Chill. What if you would have thinking back? What year? I just remember always watching it because I was watching it over and over, and I can remember the song. So I remember before Cartoon Network came out. That's why. That's why I'm trying to understand when I've seen this going on. I was like, wait, are we? Can we celebrate Cartoon Network? Or are we celebrate Adult Swim? Because Adult Swim to me came after Cartoon Network. Yeah, I guess nobody. So I, yeah, I guess nobody was fucking with Cartoon Network like that. I think they only just cared about Adult Swim. Maybe they were like, okay, well, we don't care. They were just like Adult Swim, and then that's it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know uh, Toonami. Sorry, yeah, sorry for random. Oh no, it's no problem. Yeah, I mean, yeah, taking taking me back. Yeah, see, see, kids, kids today, you don't know about tsunami what it was before. You know, you kids, I don't know what bullshit you watching now, but you know, you watching eighty reruns of Family Guy. You know, before we used to have some good shit. We used to have Dragon Ball on there. We used to have Death Note on there. Uh, we used to have a good. Um, what else was it? Fooly Cooly was on there. Cowboy Bebop was on there. We used to have all that good stuff on there, man. You know, you kids. I remember. I remember all that. Yeah. Come on, Tsunami or Adult Swim? I can name them. I can name most of them. Yeah, both. You know, both, man. It was like, dude, like it was like Zatch Bell. It was Mare. It was, uh, I, ooh, I almost said uh, Ranchers, uh, Monster Ranchers, not Monster Ranchers. It was, uh, man, there's a lot of stuff on there. Pokemon at one point was on there. I remember that. They they huh. might have played Pokemon and Tsunami at some point. Uh, a lot of reruns of Dragon Ball Z, uh, Cowboy Bebop. Sailor Moon, mm, yeah. mm, Bleach. Uh, who's the who's the guy with the red hair and the backward sword that doesn't cut people? He used to be a murderer. Oh, uh, Kenshin. Yep, Kenshin. Yep, Kenshin. All that stuff, man. I remember a lot of that stuff growing up as a kid. Yeah. See, Sailor Moon was another one. Sailor Moon was on Channel Eight. What <laughs> came to Cartoon Network? Thank to see the master. I was watching Sailor Moon. When it was just Sailor Moon, and she had to find the other moons. <laughs> oh man, um, yeah, but yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry that just went off the rails, people. There, <laughs> uh, but yeah, just having some fun here. You're discussing yeah, a lot of a lot of kind of old stuff like that. So yeah, we just went into a big tangent there, but that's okay. Um, yeah, love it. Um, so uh, moving on from discussing uh, great passing of Ed Eisner, um, we're going to be going into Shang Chong Chi. I'm sorry about that. I almost mispronounced Don't- it. Shang-Chi. Yeah. Um, Shang-Chi. This, um, and I'm going to let Nick Chong. take it. Um, um, because this has been one of his most anticipated movies of the year. And, you know, this yeah, kind of a, yeah, I think when we did our most anticipated by number five or four. Yeah. So I'm going to let you take it, man. Let's introduce the movie to us, man. So, Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings is the newest film studios. Cretan, whose uh, previous works include uh, a Short Term 12 and Just Mercy. Um, really wonderful director, and given the reins to Marvel's first uh, Asian-led superhero film, uh, starring uh, Simu Liu of, uh, of uh, Kim's Convenience fame. Uh, he's a former uh, stunt performer that uh, 
has gotten a lot of work on television. I think his biggest break was uh, Kim's Convenience, which is a hilarious show on Netflix. And this stars uh, Simu as uh, Shang-Chi, the son of uh, the great dictator Wen Wu, who is the holder of the Ten Rings, who is a thing that we've heard about from back in Iron Man 1. We've only heard about this like terrorist organization and never really seen it until like Iron Man 3, where we got Ben Kingsley as the Mandarin, which they address in the movie. If you're concerned, they address that. And I think one of the best ways. It's like, fucking white people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But um, one of the biggest things about this movie is this is the action. Because this is Shang-Chi, it's guys, the greatest martial artist in the MCU. This is coordinated by the late Brad Allen, who is uh, one of the who is the first uh, Western Western person who was in the Jackie Chan fight team. Mm. Oh, nice! Which is where a lot of the fight sequences get there. And for me, this is probably some of the best action that has been in a Marvel movie. Everything is clear. It's shot from far enough away. Unlike something like Mortal Kombat. Snake eyes. You can see everything going on, and you can tell there's so much like love and care built into uh, establishing these fight sequences. Mm, yeah, um, very much so. Um, because that was kind of one of the things that impressed me watching it the first half. Um, because you mm. know, watching, I'm like, wow, this is a really good martial arts movie uh, during the first half. Because I was kind of worried. When they said they were doing it, I've, as we've seen what they've done in past things like Iron Fist with the martial arts stuff, um, how they kind of really dropped the ball. No, 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 no. Simu Leo actually, actually spent more than five minutes and the dojo. Yeah. Um, so this is, you know, I mean, yeah, it's very, very impressive. Like you see the scene in the trailer, uh, the bus scene, you see it in pretty much all the trailers. That's kind of the one big. Yeah, action. the bus scene, it goes on way longer in the trailer and it's probably one of the best action sequences in a western production i'll give it that caveat i've ever seen now now nick let me know if you agree with me or not i feel like okay. the trailer did not sell the movie i feel like the trailer did not mm. really because it was cooler in the scenes than what the trailer made it seem like because marvel again if we're gonna the word formula is gonna pop up a lot in this conversation yeah. because i feel like okay. they have gotten very cookie cutter with their trailers marvel knows I, they're yes, very I, standard I don't, yeah, I don't disagree with you uh, that Marvel, as far as the trailers go, a lot of them are very cookie cutter. But they've they've sold a movie uh, with a talking tree and a talking raccoon. They can pretty much just throw the logo Marvel Studios, and it's gonna get butts and seats. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and like yeah, exactly. Cause people say that, and I understand exactly what they did because when like Guardians uh, uh, came, uh, yeah. Honestly, know. honestly, I was more. I, honestly, I was more excited about this watching um, a lot of the like little EPK trailers where you have interviews with the cast and talking about like, the cultural uh, uh, aspects behind this movie. I was more excited watching those than I was either of the trailers, and I still like both trailers. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah, and I think I think a lot of the uh, just yeah how it was shot is definitely I think that's the biggest difference in a lot of the other Marvel movies. Like it, it feels fast paced without having to try to be fast paced, and and I yeah. think I, I like that. Like I like that. Like let it be fast paced. Like let let's get to the shit. Let's get to the mm. shit. And I'm not saying they were getting to the shit super early, but 
as far as like just the like you say the bus scene i mean it, that scene him and his first father, 15 minutes him and his father to be honest and yeah. we'll, of course we're gonna go back into the conversation of fight scenes again but him and his father and i think that it was just i think a lot of the i wouldn't say it's, it was much more like emotion i think they tried mm. to like out for that a little bit but yeah it was just more so like you can see the skill in, in, in both of them yeah you know yeah, you yeah and and i think the strength of it is um in in some of the later fight scenes between sean chi and uh tony lung who is um probably one of the greatest actors to come out of hong kong ever um there you there's so much uh emotion fight in a fight scene and that's what separates uh some of these versus um anything that's been in some of the other western martial arts movies that have come out this year stuff that's what separates it from stuff like mortal Kombat or uh from snake eyes yeah. uh it's emotion in the context of the scene yeah right um and he really impressed me um, in the movie, uh, Tony Leon. Um, he really, really did. It's because it's almost like his movie mm. along with uh, Shang Chi's movie. Yes, the first, the first act of this movie, it's almost uh, a story of Wen Wu. Yeah, it, it's basically mm -hmm. his origin story. Yeah, and you know him meeting uh, his mother, um, oh, Sh uh, you know Shang Chi's mother. You know, it would be his wife, and how they kind of you know, fell in love through martial arts mm. and, you know, through yeah, and in an amazing fight scene that, um, that I think I'm trying to remember the critic that said this, but, uh, the, the beats between a fight scene and a love scene, when it's done well, the lines between the two are very blurry. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. Because he knew he had no game. That's, that's how he's playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They they doing too much dancing, they 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 making me hot. That's what I, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, I, and so, I I remember uh, seeing this with right, and she like leans over and whispers to me while that fight scene's going on. It's like they gonna fuck. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> so Nick, let me ask you this, man, because like I'm I'm very at this. I just saw it last night on IMAX, and I'm very passionate about the movie because I'm really I'm ready to deep dive and. Not oh. nitpick everything, but I'm ready to like get right into the movie. So I want to know, like, structure wise for the podcast, where do you want to start first? You want to start from scene, like plot to plot to plot, or you're gonna go from character to character and then move on to fight scenes and move on to what, like, how you want to go about going through this? I think I think with us, we like talk about uh, what we liked, what we disliked, and give our uh, give our rating before we like dive deep into spoilers. To so because okay. the movie just came out wide release today uh your time yeah. so yeah get get anybody who hasn't had a chance to see it or who doesn't give a shit about spoilers a chance to like mute the show yeah okay so so let me be as vague as i can with like my i guess mm -hmm. kind of uh feeling about the movie i do feel like for marvel for the last decade they have been doing their or since since phase two since mm -hmm. phase two phase three now in phase four mm -hmm. they have been doing their standard movie like a standard meal dish with a different flavor. Now, mm. this mm. is the Kung Fu movie flavor. The first time we actually had like a, it's not standard Marvel fighting. It's not super mm. dramatic choreographed in the way that uh, that Black Widow was or that Loki is or anything like that. It's, it's not Russo Brothers. Uh, it, it, it's know, not the Russo Brothers. Brothers. 
It's not the Russo brothers calling chats to Helski second. Exactly, but it, it, like you said, it's very, uh, it's very uh, Jackie Chan like. It's mm-hmm. not exactly mm-hmm. furniture foo, but it's definitely like hardcore, <laughs> a lot of movement. You know what I mean? Fight, fights mm-hmm. like that. So it's what I do it's a like lot more it. kinetic than you see in in standard uh, Marvel films. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. not, and it's it's not it's not stylized to the point where it's exaggerated, like the posing and things like that. Now it is, it's mar- like it's martial arts to the T, like mm-hmm. you said, Western martial arts. But so that's what I really dug about it. I think the bus scene definitely stand out. Got you in the movie. That's when you know the movie is really getting going. Like it was, it was great. Even though the villain with the blade, sword for arm, that was straight up, you know, oh, razor yeah. fist. That, yeah, that was razor fist. straight up. Uh, yeah, standard yeah, that, Marvel villain. Mm-hmm. Technology trying to fight me. This is yeah. um, his friend Aquafina. Yeah, did mm-hmm. bother me. They she okay. pull it back a like not two notches a notch. I do understand where people like her inflections and voice and personality can kind of throw it off a little bit. I understand that mm-hmm. she's more of a Western Asian American with her own mm-hmm. kind of humor to it. Mm-hmm. I'd say. 60% of her jokes stuck for me because a lot of it was out of place. Because I, I know towards yeah, that, it wasn't until the later yeah, half of the movie, that, it was okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of, I think that's kind of like the point of that character because, um, because they, they, because uh, a big thing that they don't tell you in the trailer, like most of the dialogue between Asian characters is spoken in Mandarin. Right. Which I was, which I was pleasantly surprised to see because you almost never get, uh, a primarily Asian cast in a Hollywood movie, and you let them speak their their native language. So I was mm. pleasantly surprised by uh, that. And they make a big point of showing that uh, Aquafina's character. They make a point that she doesn't speak uh, the language, yeah. and that's just. And if you're growing up Asian American, that's just like another thing that is uh, that makes you feel like an outsider. Yeah. Right. Um. So you know, uh, I mean, Elijah, you bring up a good point. Bringing up Aquafina, because uh, somebody mentioned in the chat, uh, what do we think about the whole? Yeah, Aquafina? yeah. Somebody, somebody mentioned the controversy and the potential fan boycott. Um, um, honestly, I think since uh, since uh, uh, something like the farewell, I think she's more or less dropped the whole like black scent thing. Yeah, because it, even in interviews now, she's almost never really uh, used it. Yeah. Um. And so the whole thing with, you know, Aquafina, you know, because people, people don't know. So, you know, because this movie, I mean, because people have talked about Aquafina's black scent before and that kind of whole controversy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's been, you know, it's came up before. So I don't know why people are saying like it's just coming up because of mm-hmm. this movie and people want it to fail. I mean, people have mentioned it way before, plenty of times. Um, but Aquafina just in this movie, um, which we did talk about the controversy and everything like that on the past show last week, we, we did mm-hmm. mention that. And uh, and we, we went into depth about talking about that. But um, with Aquafina in this movie, first of all, I, I did uh, did like her. Uh, I thought she did a good job. I do like mm. her and um, yeah, I th- yeah, I think the chemistry between her and Simu Liu. Mm. I love that that uh, you never see a friendship like this just strictly be platonic. Yeah, it, like even with the past Marvel movies, there's always been like this forced romance. I'd say like even in something like Doctor Strange, which. Um, we'll get to when we talk about what if. I thought that was a little shoehorned in, and I like that it's never more than what it is. Yeah, uh, chill. Yeah. yeah, chill. Let me get you on there. Yeah, I, I was saying y'all go. I, I love it, man. I, mm-hmm. I wanted to let y'all go to just because I'm finna come from a way different perspective mm-hmm. from the Fina thing. Um, 
So I'm a person that only seen what what was that movie said? Farewell, right? With, yeah, with yeah, the, the farewell. Yeah, I seen so I seen that, right? Mm. I've seen that movie. I ain't never done the in the movies, right? Mm. And watching uh, what's the name? I don't think she was even using that uh, a voice at all, bro. I think I think you know, and, and I didn't even like even catch it. Like you can, I can, I don't know, man. I can kind of tell like when motherfucker kind of forcing it, and mm. hey. You, you just can't like I, I feel like some Asians I'm 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 gonna say it like that but I feel like <laughs> a lot of Asians like they can't help their voice like look at bro from fucking Romeo Must Die that motherfucker <laughs> you know what I'm oh, talking fucking, about uh, oh Dante Basco yeah like, uh, yeah Dante Basco who is the vo- who uh, a lot of you know as the voice of Zuko on a uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender why so why don't they get him for uh, what, what they call white casting or whatever he's trying to do a white voice like. It's, I think she just whatever she do, she probably smoke heavy weed, smoke squares or something. Her voice just like that. He sounds like a not only just a Western Asian chick, but they sound like an Asian person that's in the west of San Francisco, the Bay Area, shit like that. Like that's, that's just fair. how they are. Like that's just, yeah. It, it it never felt forced. It felt natural. Yeah. Uh, exactly. So we gotta put. It, it, it felt nat. It felt natural, and that's the biggest thing. It, it reminded me a lot. A lot of I. I remember this movie Blind Spotting and talking about uh, Rafael Casals' character because he is very much that dude who grew up in the hood and kind of has like hints of a black scent, but it's natural for that character. Yes, and and, and, and that's why I'm saying like I'm I'm putting respect to the to to the area because San Francisco. There's a that's a big yeah. Big, Area, with that know? context, with that context, I'm a little bit more leaning on her thinking back to it now. Yeah, mm. uh, I, I just felt like out of me. I, I I didn't I didn't hear any fucking yo's or or or, or just forceful stuff. Like I don't know. I just I, you can mm. you can catch forceful stuff, and I I, mm. I didn't think I didn't think none of that. So yeah. I just wanted to speak on that. I didn't think none of that. Yeah, I mean, there I was will say that I felt like a little bit like sometimes awkward scenes with her because. The camera would solely zoom in on her for a reaction. Like she mm. was a reactionary character. I guess she was our avatar as an audience member. Yeah. But I felt like she was a little bit pushing the board the borderline of too much. And not, not saying cartoony, but um, because if you think about it, like how many Marvel heroes had their uh, like there's a straight person who's our main character, and there's the jokey person. So like for example, in Ant Man, you had uh, the Hispanic guy, right? Yeah, Michael or, Pena. Uh, yeah, exactly. And Michael Pena, he, I felt like, there those two characters are very similar. Mm. Same thing with Ned from Spider Man. Like they, and of course, they're not really representing their uh, their nationality, their ethnicity so much in the mm. in the in the show. But Michael Pena, for example, he his jokes, his reactions, and how he um kind of dealt with the supernatural magic superhero stuff in his own movies felt better mm-hmm. to me than what Aquafana did so I, that's why I wasn't like and yeah. eh, I'm not enjoying her on screen anytime she popped up outside okay. of the later half where when yeah. she did it like when you're around like the magical dimension and all this crazy fighting is going on like her reactions are legitimate because like she's afraid she's afraid for her life in this battle at the same mm-hmm. time though, her personality is humorous at the beginning half when eventually we get to, you know, big fight arena in the first third yeah, of yeah, the movie. Uh, yeah. A lot of, you know, a little bit, a little bit too much with the drinking and the partying and the traveling and, and 
Mm. And the way that she became friends with his sister, I was kind of like, that just happened on a snap, like on a dime. Like, oh, I like your pants. I'm like, can I combat that real quick? Well, we well this is also, well, this is also a world where, where people are kind of in the know because they mentioned yeah. stuff like the blip very yeah. early on in the yeah. movie. And then, and then to say that, to say this, what you said, Elijah, too, real quick. Yeah. The beginning, she was partying and shit like that. This shit was kind of new. Yeah, towards yeah. the end, I think that she really wanted to save her friend. She was, they, she was so, mm. they were so into each other as friends. They knew that at the end of the day, they only had each other. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a, I think there's a theme in this movie about um, um, living up to like um, a lot of people would say uh, family expectations, but I would mm. say more like living up to your potential because they establish early in the movie that. Um, they're kind of slackers, which yeah. is is a very common thing with uh, people I know in the Asian community. It's like you you all know that stereotype about Asian parents. It's like, why are you not doctor yet? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, it's very something that's very you know obviously you know relatable. Obviously, for a lot of people who are still mm-hmm. living at home with their parents and are in their twenties and trying to figure out life, having a quarter life crisis. It's like, what the hell am I gonna do? And you know what I mean? Where where what's my future gonna be like? And everything like that. And people my age are hugely successful, but I mean, them in the movie, they're not very depressed about their situation, even though they're valets. I mean, they're very yeah, happy. They're, they're, yeah, know? they're just yeah, they're just cool with life. Yeah, his is his is more trauma yeah. that he chooses to put to the yeah, side. Yeah, yeah, his is trauma yeah. that he's running away. From her, yeah. it's um, fear of I guess fear of failure. Yeah, uh, fear of uh, success a little bit. Yeah, and for me as a twenty something, I'm like, okay, that's for me as a twenty something. That's like the best plot character development you could have gave her. Like that, at that mm. point, I'm like, this is the main thing I care about this character. Like I relate mm. to that in a hardcore level. From like, okay, if there's any golden nugget to her. That's mm. it for me right there. Yeah. The big yeah. the big thing for the movie too, low key, is motivation. Mm, yeah. Lot of it motivated her. She she uh, seeing them in trouble, seeing Shang in trouble and shit, that motivated her to at least try. Yeah. yeah. Try girl. And that's her problem. She never tried. Right. You know Josh, let me let me ask you let me ask you about uh, like a couple more characters, right? How do you feel about Shang Shi's Sister, and how do you feel about his dad? Oh, I guess sister first, and we'll get into the dad next. Okay, so the sister in this movie, uh, Nick, who's the sister played by again? If you can, oh, the sister, um, uh, uh the sister is uh, a character played by uh, uh, Menger Zhang, I oh. think is how you pronounce her name. If, okay. if I'm wrong, please uh, correct me in the comments. Uh, so right. her, I thought. You know, it's funny you bring up Ant Man. I don't know if it's because she had the same hairstyle or or what. She, she was. There were a lot of hints of like uh, Hope Van Dyne she, in that movie. Yeah, she looked. She very reminded me much a lot like Hope Van Dyne. Very kind of very a person very stern, very serious. Kind of as much you know much what she had going on, and she was angry at her brother. Um, so there wasn't. Yeah, but ang- Yeah, but there's ang- Yeah, but with her, I felt it was angry for a legitimate. Yes, abandonment. Yeah, yeah. For you know, she has got some abandonment issues. I mean, rightfully so. Um, but that's kind of you know vibe I was gonna get get it off. I think she, in more movies, she's gonna explore. They're gonna do more with her, hopefully. And I think she's a good character to explore more mm-hmm. later on and and become more fleshed out. 
as of this movie right here, I felt, yeah, I, you know, she's this kind of typical, kind of very stern, serious, kind of badass type woman. But I think more as more movies go on. And I do like the, her relationship with Aquafina in the movie, how they kind of both open up to each other. And, you know, she, you know, had the whole thing going for it. It's like, well, I was a woman in a very male-dominated field because of martial arts. And, mm-hmm. you know, the boys didn't let me do it, so I learned on my own. So she had kind of, that was like her whole big thing. I was like, okay, well, I've seen a lot of that before and kind of that whole storyline. But, you know, I think hopefully it'll do more with her. But I, I thought she was just okay. Uh, Tony uh, hmm. Leung as 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 Wen Yu. Um, yeah, Tony. Yeah, Tony Leung as Wen Wu. He brings a depth to a character that I felt for a long time the Mandarin was basically a, a Asian stereotype, and Marvel they've they've not shied away shied away from that. And yeah. in like the past couple of years, they've kind of like uh, revamped that character, given him a lot more mm-hmm. depth, made him. Made that character really cool, and yeah. uh, and Lung he brings so much depth to it that it's very hard to uh, in in certain scenes it's very hard to call him a straight up villain. Yeah, um, you know he's Bro, one of the best kind of villains. Is, yeah, the villain that you can understand is, is well. Okay, I will will I will meet you halfway on that because I feel like was this act like i couldn't have thought of a better actor for this role because he is the, mm. he, he is the scariest dad like that is he when he when that vein pops you, in his you, head, he scares you and he yeah you, you if you've ever been over at a friend's house for dinner dad. oh yeah that's he's scary oh, yeah. like i anytime he was like anytime it dealt with the friend and the brother and sister dynamic with the family i'm like okay this guy is intimidating on a like on a dad stern standpoint knowing that he's a bad mm. person his motivation for being a villain it was it was acceptable for me to a point until the end mm. because it, it, and until they mentioned like oh he's hearing these things i was like you lost me that's a very not because not only is the main motivation of most marvel movie is family every villain not every villain but every person with a backstory who was hurt who has death it starts with such and such person Died. I am missing mm. the, such and such person. I had this past person changed me. Good life lost them negatively due to my past or due to a thing. Mm. Now I am backtracking on who I am. Am I to put a one eighty of who all the progress I made? Right. Mm. And so for me, I'm like, okay, that's standard. I accept that. It, but it wasn't it's until... standard Marvel movie. But I, um, sorry to interject. Um, no, go ahead. I do. I do think it's very standard. But. I think the I think Tony Lung he just brings so much screen presence and so much depth to that that I think it elevates it above standard. Yeah, right. Chill. He's too he's too smart as a person though. He's too smart as a character because the moment they say like like the the minute you find out the truth of why he's thinking and his motivation is for what it is, it's like you've proven for him to be super intimidating, smart, been alive for a very long time, but because he's so blinded by love well that he doesn't hear the reason to a point which is why well, i can't compare there was to something like else Star going on the rings, rings does that to people man well they also hint that the rings also had like an effect too that it was also like a mm-hmm. like kind of like with the ring from the hobbit you know what i mean or lord of the rings it kind of had like a mental effect on there yeah thousands of years old yeah and and, and check it out got to think about it too and I'm, maybe i'm playing like benefit of the doubt but before mm. that 
his whole thing of he was greed for power, 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 power. This one entity stopped him and changed his life, and he lost that, and he put that on his children. Mm. Feel me? Like he put that on his children. That's that was that's greed. That's why I, I just I feel like the the last fight scene was one of it was deep. You know, yeah. Deep. And so like I think a lot of that his motivation. Yeah, we can take from it. Okay, they switched it over and gave him some somebody to cry about because they died. Mm. But we never mm. seen a villain. We never seen a villain with somebody that was already being a villain stopping his tracks and and lose something mm. and fight yeah. for grief. Yeah, we almost never see the. Well, we don't see it done as well, I think. The villain who was that for a thousand years, but then they try to, like, walk the right path. But, you know, right. the past doesn't let go. Yeah. This, 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 was, this, this short force of nature stopped him in his path, G. Like, he went, he was looking. He Like you said, you had to go through that same force at the right time, right? Mm. He went through that force. He he studied that. And he went through that force, but this force stopped him. This this woman stopped him, motivated him to stop motivation again. Right to stop doing that, and it's like that shit fucks you up. You've been <laughs> living for a hundred years. You don't, you don't think you're gonna have a hundred years of grief? You know what to live with a hundred years of grief. We don't live with thirty or ten. Yeah. Chill is taking us to Marvel. I mean, Chill is taking us to Marvel Church right now. I mean, he's taking us to MCU Church. I mean, I mean yeah. I mean, yeah. He's he's dropping some real shit. Now, now, so so Nick, are you ready to ready to geek out on me? Because we're gonna stay. I want to stay with the topic of uh, Win Woo, right? Yeah, are you ready let's to, do it. to geek out with me? Okay. So with this character, um, how do you feel about the usage? Because you know, every single Marvel movie, they have to interpret. Things in the comics are way too powerful. Mm -hmm. They're way too abstract or similar. Um, and I know in the comics, the Ten Rings, they are on the minimal level of Infinity Stones where they control mm -hmm. reality, time, space, things like that. How do you feel about the interpretation of what the rings can do? Well, but, even even with this movie, we still don't 100% know what they can do. We get, a ver we, get the, we get the Ten Rings. They're basically like, uh, um, just like, magnet weapons almost yes which i didn't have a problem with i think uh what their purpose is is going to get explored more the more we see uh shang chi especially given yeah. the way uh the film ends yeah yep. definitely attributes that's it um, mm. yeah we don't know if it's like alien tech we don't know if it's magic we don't know if it's like other dimensions yeah. Do you feel like do you do you like the usage of how the Ten Rings their ability so far were shown mm. on display, and then oh, going yeah. from bracelets to to act not actual rings? Mm. Yeah, I have no problem with that. Um, I have no problem with that because we've already gotten thing like the Infinity Stones, which is just a bunch of rocks, and I think having them just like be bracelets that you can just like whip around it opens the door for like a lot of cool effects that you can see. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I thought. Yeah, I thought. It, I thought the use of the rings are pretty nice and pretty cool. Um, different from the comics because in the comics it's actual rings that you wear kind of on your fingers, uh, mm -hmm. things like that. So they kind of have these bracelets in a way, and the way he uh, used especially the in the context of a martial and implementing them into the, you have a lot more. Uh, you have a lot more opportunity for cool stuff when you have it like uh, 
using them literally as a weapon. Yeah. Right. So, so for people who have not seen the movie, there's a couple of abilities that the rings can do. Uh, there's times when women will get shot at. If they're, he'd be shot out near the braces. They work like shields. Uh, mm. Okay, so they're very Wonder Woman-esque, very Wonder Woman-esque, and they kind of take aesthetic from other characters. So when they shoot projectiles, the one ring will shoot out. It's more like an Iron Man repulsor. When he yeah. punches, he's super strong, but only because a ring will, will help propel that force a whole lot more. I think the coolest shit in the world is, like, he can use the rings – like an electromagnetic, like you said, that, that's the best analogy for it. Like an electromagnetic whip, and like the way he jumps, like for him, he's doing like some uh, some shocker level, shocker, oh, yeah. like, shocker level like mm. propulsion to jump around and move around and things like yeah. that. I'm like okay, that's what cool. he's doing with it and how cool they get with it. And if you like, okay, for me when Shang Chi when Shang Chi deals with the rings, I'm like. This is the most Sonic the Hedgehog fucking boring. <laughs> it, it is, but yeah. it is, but you, you can't. I I'm not gonna lie. This when that scene happens, I was you know geeked in my chair. I was like, yeah. yeah. I didn't even know what the hell was going on. I was, I was like, it just looked good. <laughs> I was like, Sonic can't handle these rings, man. The rings are so good. Yeah. Uh, because because when you because like there's there's so I've never met a I've never seen a weapon in Marvel so far that's so versatile and what they can mm. do like even dr strange weapons we've seen so, so far like even with the wand of a tomb or uh the eye of Agamotto, hella's uh helmet or uh the, what of the chaos blade she has like these rings have so much ability to do different things and so mm. from what we saw at the movie or what they co- possibly could be i'm hoping shang chi gets more powerful because at this point i would put him to scale i'll put him on like uh, above Captain America level, but not mm. so much where he can like fight somebody like Iron Man. You know what I mean? I I put him on uh, a little bit above like Hawkeye. Mm. Really? Or, uh, you think, or, like, you think Sam so? Wilson? Oh, I, <laughs> I I would say he could beat Sam. I can see Captain. So Captain America, Sam Wilson. I still think he can beat him. Mm, I still right. think Chang Chi can can beat uh, Sam. Yeah, and we, and we, uh, we gonna keep that mind, Nick, because we gonna have to discuss that with you yeah. said. <laughs> um, you know it right now. Yeah, so argument for that one. Uh, Speaking of church, though. Yeah, so I mean, uh, <laughs> Elijah brings up you know a good point mentioning the rings um, and how they use them in the movie, which is very cool. Um, and the way uh, when Wu uses them is also very effective. I mean, the scene where he goes to take his son to deal with some business um, in the movie oh, is very effective. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's probably one of the best um, uh, like scenes of rage in a Marvel movie, especially the way it's shot because it's almost like from just like a mirror in the wall that yeah. you don't even realize it. That was I thought that was really. Yeah. It was literally the scene. It's literally like when your friends tell you, or like when you see, like like when you when you bully a kid in school, or like when you get bullied in school, and the kid takes his dad along. Like and dad's like, <laughs> my dad can wasn't. beat up your dad. Yeah. No, like, like, like dad's like, so who, who did it? So he's like, I'm over there. He's like, all right, stay here. I'll be right back. Yeah. I bet. No, no words. Like, no, not a single word. He he just walks up. <laughs> yeah. I uh, start beating everybody. Uh, I tell you, I, you know what? Um, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Jack. Go ahead. Uh, so, uh, so I just want to say, so just get into some things, uh, we didn't like about it and then we're going to get into final thoughts and then we're going to get into spoilers and then ratings. Uh, well, mm. you know, kind of what we didn't like about it, um, then, uh, kind of ratings and then we're going to go into spoiler talk of that. So chill, go ahead. 
Oh, hey, shout out to Chat Attack, too, in the, in the chat, man. Hey, yeah. what's up, Chat Attack? Chat Attack, what's that? Oh, um, shit, oh, so, uh, yeah, what I, what I didn't like about it, man, what I didn't like about it, let's see, uh, you know what, overall, not overall, but I, I guess, yeah, like, the joke, the jokes, you know, the, hmm. the jokes, those, those standard way of how Marvel does their jokes, and they does those... They do those slight pauses for their jokes for you to laugh. I just wasn't feeling kind of that shit. And and, and, <laughs> and only you can tell like they was doing it, and then it kind of really hit and flowed towards the end. Because the, the, a couple jokes at the end were were a little bit better. So that kind of like got me off a roll set. Like man, I want to hear all these goddamn jokes. <laughs> uh, as as far as like another thing, I just still don't get the whole why the fuck make him a slacker. Cause it felt like he was just a clout chaser. Bro had a, a apartment, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it was like I didn't, I just didn't understand that from the way that he grew up. It just didn't, it didn't feel that way. Like, also, I, I the most unre- the most unrealistic thing is that two. That's the most unrealistic thing. In I'm sorry, you uh, you kind of cut out there. Yeah, you cut out. Yeah, would you say? Oh, anything? sorry, you cut out. Yeah, sorry. The, sorry. Let's be honest. The most unrealistic thing in this movie: a two valets can afford to live in San Francisco. Yeah, Bad. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that is weird. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they, they maybe they like, give good like, customer service. I don't know. <laughs> you know, man, what? as far as like another thing that I kind of didn't like is. Uh, you know, they they made it obvious that they was trying to self serve too many stories. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, or 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 matter of fact, it made it obvious that they were giving too much to certain stories and not giving a, enough to certain people. It's like, why the fuck you even got them in there? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, this is, okay. So, yeah. This and, is the first. This is the first Marvel movie that take place after after the oh. after Avengers Endgame. Yeah, no, no, no. After Spider Man, after Spider Man, oh, after Future Wise, yeah, Future Wise. Yeah. yeah. And, and besides that, I think, I think, I think. Uh, I mean, I do praise, I guess, the action getting into the shit. But I, at, at overall, I just don't praise that the story was was well well rounded enough for me. Mm. You know, I feel like it was just a amalgamation in, in the story. You know, what I'm saying I feel like the story kind of pissed me off because. It was just, it was the mysticism of fucking Doctor Strange. It was the fighting of fucking, uh, you know, the, the Russo brothers and all that shit. You know, just the, 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 the you know, just the, the, you know, the magneticness and shit like that. So mm. it, it just didn't round it out for me in, in the story wise. Mm. It's just like a lot of things that I just didn't get that I hate that. Stop. Like Marvel is, is starting to do this little shit where they're really finger, finger feeding us shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying, and and it kind of like, fuck, how the fuck, you know? And I'm sorry for cursing like this, but it, it, it <laughs> gets to a point where I do want to enjoy these movies, but at that point, and this is not overall my what I think about the movie, but at at overall, when the story finger feeds us like this shit, it's like mm-hmm. what fuck, man? Like okay, now I gotta fucking like, it, and my anxiety gets high. I gotta anticipate another movie, man. <laughs> so anticipate what's gonna be in this movie so I can see what's in this it. But other than that, side note, one thing that I did forget about what I liked, I need to see the Wong side story of his fucking Street Fighter career. That's all I like. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. No, every single Marvel movie needs like a, needs Benny Wong to come. Yeah. I, I fuck with Wong. I fuck with yeah. Wong. 
<clears throat> so so with me, I'd say um, a lot of my critiques, I'd say I'd have very similar ones. I have something like Doctor. I think the movie um, it deals with so many uh, so many uh, like big concepts, and I think the movie's just a little bit too fast paced, and uh, um, which is a good thing and a bad thing because you know it introduces so many great characters that I want to spend more time with. Especially, I want to spend more time with uh, Tony Lung character. I want, I always want to see more Michelle Yeoh in this. Yeah. Um, um, I do oh. think there is a character introduction. That, while I enjoyed it, it gave a little more context to to previous stuff in the MCU. But I, I think if it's gone, it doesn't really uh, add. It it doesn't really take away anything in the movie. I don't agree with the whole like stopping for jokes because they felt organic. Mm. Okay. Um, honestly, honestly, this is probably uh, this is up there with my favorite Marvel movies. I just had such a fun time, and it was so cool. You know, seeing like a two hundred million dollar Marvel movie with people that look like me. Mm. Mm. Okay. Yeah. It, it it it's just so fun to see, and I have like. Uh, my nieces, my nephews, they can see someone that looks like them. Mm. Okay. That's awesome to hear, though, man, because I really do, yeah. even, people, even though people joke about it, like, I really do feel like this is the Asian America Black Panther. And I'm glad that Marvel can represent another demographic this kind of way mm. on a big scale with a mostly and, and, Asian and, it, and it's done with as much faith in it. I, you cut out there again, Nick. You cut out there. Oh, it, oh! It, not only that, but that this kind of representation—it's done with as much love and care and respect as it is in this. Yeah, that's a key word, though. It, it, the movie, nothing. Even though it was Marvelisms in the entire movie, it was nothing but respect. Like I, I did not. Mm. The beautiful thing is that I did not feel a single, outside of Aquafina, I didn't feel <laughs> a single cringe moment in the entire film. I didn't feel like it, I didn't feel like it was very ham-fisted. I didn't feel like it was very stereotypical. Um, mm. Yeah. And I feel like, I don't know between you and your girlfriend, but do you feel like anything was kind of uh, ser- too stereotypical or too offensive at all? Um, well, she she felt like the movie uh, ripping off a lot of uh, Chinese cinema, which I I just said that's the point. It's paying oh tribute to it's paying tribute to movies like that. It's paying tribute to stuff like uh, House of Flying Daggers, to stuff like uh, uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah. It's paying loving tribute to to Bruce Lee, Jet Li, uh, Jackie Chan. All right. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna move into things I you know didn't like, and then maybe I'll just wrap up my Ooh. final thoughts and give a rating there, and then I'll hand it over mm. to Elijah to do the same thing. Um, so with me here. So um, also a shout out to uh, Jevin Good. Thank you for the 20 bits, man. Really appreciate it there. Uh, um, also, yeah, with the chat attack, uh, that's the pre-show that, uh, the DT has before on Twitch, before they start streaming, you'll usually do a pre-show with chat attack. So people, they get the nice people warmed up, uh, do a nice stream there. And then, you know, they present, they hand them over to, uh, DT, DT for their Twitch. Uh, so yeah, shout out to them, the crew over there. Um, but so my things I didn't like about, it, like I said, I liked about the first half of it that it's a really good martial arts movie. I enjoyed the performances of it. I enjoyed the platonic friendship between uh, Aquafina and between Simeon Liu. I mean, you rarely kind of see that of just men and women just kind of just being good friends like that. I think you need more of that in cinema and just more of just, you know, men and women just in general just working together. Um, I think you just need a lot more of. Um, so the things I kind of didn't like about it. Um, 
I think that it is, you know, very much a tribute to those kind of martial arts films, you know, like, you know, uh, Nick mentioned things like Crouch, Dagger, Hidden Dragon, things like House of the, you know, Flying Day, you know, things like Hero with Jet Li in it, you know, very much of that type of Asian cinema. And I think somewhat of that, it's, you, you know, you kind of struggle to find your own identity and you kind of make your own strides. You know, you're so busy paying, you know, homage to these other things. You've got to be able to make your own kind of identity there. And I think sometimes it kind of doesn't do that, even though these scenes are impressive. Like, you know, we mentioned the bus scene plenty of times, but there's also a scene where they fight outside a building, um, you know, kind of on these on these uh, kind of uh, bamboo kind of area. And I thought that was very nice. I think the fight between, you know, when, um, you know, uh, Tony Leon meets uh, his wife in the movie, I think is uh, very good. I think that's very fair. I think that's a very nice action scene. Um, the, where the movie kind of, for me, just kind of really kind of goes down a little bit is when they kind of, you know, more they go to China. They go to the fight ring area. Really, the people seen it in the trailer, the, the cameo of Abomination really there's no real point for abomination to be there is just to say like oh hey that's abomination um hey that's wong that's there um that's kind of the only point that's there um uh, and then you know further down the line of the film when it comes to the last kind of third act it does what kind of these marvel movies do what we kind of criticized before what i criticized in black widow what i criticized about black panther it's like okay hey that's nice you did that cool stuff now sit down and watch the big battle and it's just a CGI fest. And it's like, what the hell is happening? It's CGI bukkake all over the screen and things are happening. It's yes. just like, what the hell? And then, yeah. uh, yeah. and then when they go to, you know, the place where there is, a, they especially use a lot of CGI, which you can tell they're really in front of a green screen. I know a lot of stuff they are in front of a green screen, but you could like really tell in the Pacific place they were, I felt like. And you can just you can just say like, hey, here's a new Disney park that you can go to. Look at it. You know what I mean? Enjoy it. Look at all these beautiful color things. Here's the next Disney park we're going to build for you, just like how we build Wakanda um, at Disneyland. We're going to also build this place here at Disneyland as well. Um, so I felt like very much like that, that they were setting that up for that to market and, you know, for that and all these different creatures that they had at this, you know, this place, this magical place. So I was like, OK, um, this is really, you know what I mean, really kind of dipping down there for me. And then that was just, that ending was just like, man, you had a really good movie here, the really, really, really good movie, martial arts movie, mm -hmm. and you just ruined it with this kind of, you know, CGI bukkake fest that you had. Um, that, I, 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 was, I, don't, I don't think the movie's ruined by that, but I do, I did get a little bit of that CG fatigue. Yeah. But you also have to remember that this movie, uh, the tail end of its production was during COVID. Oh. It was like in the initial yes. part of the pandemic. Yeah, okay. I'll give it a pass. Okay, so there's a little bit of that, but maybe ruin and, is, is yeah, a strong. There's a little, there's a little, there's a little bit of uh, you can feel Mickey in the room. It's like, oh, you gotta make some toys. Oh, yeah, toys and everything like that, uh, action figures and all these other stuff that kids would want, <laughs> kids would want to buy. Um, um and yeah i mean that's kind of how it felt about black panther it's like hey this is a really good movie but then it's like cgi rhinos yeah. and then all this other stuff it's like what the hell are you doing and then uh, it's again yeah, these... but i i think this, i think the cg here is a little bit better than it was in the theatrical cut of black panther yes i mean the cgi here in, in, in the in the one in the ones that went the cuts that went to theaters i think it got better as you know black panthers come on like blu-ray and 4k it's yeah mm -hmm. um and maybe ruin is a strong word because i still thought it was a solid movie it just that mm -hmm. just really i mean man it was going really good and then see him on Lou because the reason they got him because i think it was between him and another guy nick do you know who the other guy was supposed to be it was like he was in competition uh, I, 
I, th- I think it was I think it was like a three way a uh, three way race between like him, uh, Louis Tan, and uh, Andrew Koji for this role. Yeah, and the reason they went with him is because he had comedic experience with Kim's Convenience mm. uh, on Netflix. That's the reason they really held, and it, it's it's used to great ability here because he's he's good at very good com- mm-hmm. at comedy. So I think that was pretty good. Yeah, but he he has great comedic timing, and um, uh, uh, yeah, he brings so much charm to Shang Chi that for me it's kind of like on the level of tom holland's peter parker he just is so charming in that role yeah whenever he's like given a little bit of levity yeah so um yeah i messed up that was a strong movie it's just that ending is just like ah man it's an it's Mm. another two big battles uh uh, armies fighting each other and it's like okay um but you know you could have just did something smaller scale and more personal but you know overall i still give it a strong um well i give it a, a light seven uh, out of 10 for me. Uh, mm-hmm. Elijah, uh, dislikes, final thoughts and rating, then we'll dip into spoilers. I'll try to, uh, I'll try to speed run through this. Okay. <laughs> we already, we already uh, beat down Aquafina as much as we could because that was like mm, the main thing. Was, uh, um, I can't go down on her that much. Man. I, I won't, but like, so. <laughs> so for me, uh, Shang-Chi, great. Sister, motivation. Mm, I get that she was abandoned. I agree. Uh, the con the the whole plot thing with like I gotta build my own empire. I like, well, yes. The aspect of like women shouldn't be in, be in the army; they shouldn't be assassins. Like I totally get that. Uh, for her to have to try to make her own empire, that motivation for them kind of came out of nowhere. She's kind of mimicking her dad. I kind of would have thought she would have mm-hmm. walked away from that, like Shang Chi did. But well, that's that's kind of that, that, that's that's kind of a thing with. Uh... Asian family, you kind of get the rebellious kid, and you kind of get the one that ends up following in the footsteps. Right. So I'll let that be a pass, and when we get the spoilers, I'll complain more about it later. Um, <laughs> as far as uh, like you said, Josh said earlier, abomination. I'm a big person for Easter eggs. I love that <laughs> Easter egg. I feel like he was kind of nerfed. I don't, I don't know why. Like, <laughs> why did, did was Wong doing his thing? Hell yeah, Wong. Wong's pretty pretty dope. Uh, I love Wong because I feel like now that Stan Lee's gone, I think Wong's going to be the character to pop into every single movie. I think they're setting him set him up for that. Hmm. Uh, I will say that I dislike the villains in the movie. I feel like they are on uh, Cobra level, like G.I. Joe Cobra level villains where they're not threatening. They're yeah. bad, but they're not threatening. Their weapons hmm. are electrified, but they're not sharp. So I didn't feel it. I'm not saying it should have been like the raid where I feel like people are going to bleed only only to be a <laughs> bloody Kung Fu film, but I feel like people didn't get hurt as much as they should. They fell off buildings. They don't, they, you know, got beat up by their dad and people got, you know, propelled, you know, 20 yards away, but nobody really, mm, there's no yeah. tension. I didn't feel like the characters were under a lot of threat. We knew who was going to survive. Nobody of importance died. Not saying they have to, but I feel like the entire time everybody had their little, literal dragon plot armor on so mm. they didn't really get hurt um uh it didn't move fast it didn't move fast enough for me there are dry parts in between going you know getting captured not really spoiled but getting you know meeting the dad and things like that i still have issues with Wen Wu being my control they very logical person um but i still disagree with the whole like you know mental thing da 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 and i'm just gonna go with it with no any kind of reasoning uh the i still have questions about like i mean i'll admit i missed the first five minutes of this movie mm-hmm. what is this village why does he live this long uh full ring of full rings abilities we'll get to know in maybe another movie 
these creatures, where do they come from? But at the same time, though, I think uh, episode four of What If, because I feel like that creature that we saw, that was, if you watch episode four of, four of What If, I'm like, okay, maybe it's one of those, not an alien, but it's a mystical creature from another dimension that we kind of get glimpses at in the What If episode. We're like, okay, this is this being power. It is of this, you know, like Shimagorath or any other character, like it's of this importance can do this thing. This, even though this is, they're not from, uh, where's Dr. Strange, Dr. Strange from? Um, the temple that he trained at, even though these people in this village and this dimension aren't from here, it's almost of the same wavelength of what their importance is. I, I dig that. Uh, CG was cool. The way they got there, I was kind of like, oh, the effects were cool, but I'm like, where they got there, I was kind of like, all right, a cute creature led us the way, da 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 They <laughs> used Bing Kingsley oh. too, too much. Um, it's kind of, I mean, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was that's, that's the spoiler. Well, well cats spoiler? are in the bag. <laughs> well, the, the Ten Rings, uh, my bad. They, yeah, that is a spoiler. I'm sorry. But um, <laughs> for, the, for, the most, for the most part, it got Dragon Ball Z-ish. It got yeah. Kaiju Battle-ish. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like, that's a little bit too, too much for me. Um, I give the movie a six. There are highlights, but there's still like, like a lot of questions, uh, especially when they get got into the um, after credit scenes. But that's kind of my feelings about it. All right, chill. Uh, what's your final thoughts, Reed? Shit. Okay, so let's uh, see. You seen it today, uh, Jay? So you just mm-hmm. you got it, like fresh in your mind when mm-hmm. you see when did you see it. Um, yeah, I saw it uh, last night. Last night, when did you see it? I'm pointing like I'm really in the room. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah. Why? Who, like, how you know who you point to? <laughs> like pointing. <laughs> yeah. When did you see it, uh, I saw it last night at uh, ten o'clock. Ten o'clock. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. So yeah, yeah. I saw it last night too. Um, you know, what I'm saying, uh, and you know, overall, like I said, I think I really enjoyed myself. I, I enjoyed myself. Watching this film, I enjoyed myself thinking about the aspect of just like Black Panther. We got a black, a black ass superhero. Now we got an Asian and mm. do a cool uh, karate. So you know, like just that whole world in my imagination, my own self, makes me very excited. As watching the movie and everything, and just looking through it, and and just like kind of like into it. Yeah, that shit got really slow in the in the middle, dog. Like right mm-hmm. when they were going to like Japan, uh, I mean going to uh, wherever they went to, yeah. and, and and yeah, and then and then it kind of just fucking really fucked me up because looking at that, I'm, I'm watching the movie, man. I'm enjoying myself. I am enjoying the fight scenes. The fight scenes is very dope. You know what I'm saying? Like okay, I don't want to say very dope. Not no kiss of the dragon, dope. That's one of my mm-hmm. favorite, but it's dope. And, and and I love that and Marvel does this all the times where I don't know if y'all wanna notice this, but they in in all the action scenes, not because they saved some fucking body, but it's always scenes in the in the choreography in that movie, especially on the train when we first see him, where he really starts becoming being Shang Chi and being like, Okay, this is a cold motherfucker right here. Because oh, yeah. he, he did something where he jumped across the train and kicked Dooku. And, and shit like that. So it was like just little things like that that I felt I I, very, I appreciated him as built as a motherfucker finna get with the Avengers. I appreciate that. As far as the whole movie go, that shit was rushed, dog. 
And it really fucked me up because at the end of the day, I really just really wanted to see a fucking movie with him and his sister because once his mm. sister just got in there, I just really want to see him and his sister. You could have did a story with him going off and then him with his sister and they just building their whole shit up and they got to come together now mm. for their pops. They pops looking for their fucking ass. Get your ass on home. I know where the fuck you <laughs> <at home. laughs> Yeah. So it's it was like, kind of to the side. Yeah. That would really piss me off with the whole movie getting to that point because that's all I kept saying, and I give it a five. A five? Ooh, okay. Ooh a five. Okay. Y'all throwing out sevens. I'm like, shit, that's pretty high. That's that's I'm, I'm oh, real. Man. Y'all gonna be mad when I get my rating. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't be mad at no. I don't. I'm not mad at the people that like I said. <laughs> You could feel more strongly for the views that I may have or, or may, what he may have or whatever, and you mm. get it out of that. But it's just like, I just got so pissed off at that point mm. where I, this could have been a whole different movie and all the time I'm just imagining this shit could have been better with just him and his fucking sister. We don't need Aquafina. Mm. Baby, I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> Three times. Mm. She's watching the show right now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so Nick, what, so what was your rating? Yeah. All right. So, yeah. All right, so me, <laughs> no, me, me, um, me. I do think the movie is a little bit too fast. I think they fall a little bit too hard on the uh, big CG fight ending. When I think the movie would have been better served if it, if the story was like smaller scale, if it was more personal. But that being said, I still enjoyed the fuck out of it. I love the choreography. I think uh, the performances from uh, Simu Leo, uh, uh, Aquafina, and Tony Lung, I think they're all spectacular. I liked the little Easter eggs that were uh, co- giving that little bit of connective tissue to the MCU. And I just cannot wait to see uh, uh, Shang-Chi interact with guys like uh, Captain Bruce Banner or Wong or Doctor Strange. I can't wait to see what they do with this character down the line. So for me, I was I was very high on this. I'm giving this like eight and a half out of ten. Mm, okay, that's fair. I can respect that. Um, I respect. I respect. I, and it, it a lot of that is probably owed to. Um, uh, I recently saw uh, Mortal Kombat, the live action movie, and Snake Eyes, and I was God. let down hard by both. Mm. Yeah. Um. All right. So. Oh. I was let down when Cole said I'm from Chicago, Illinois. You know, I, I that, <laughs> that let me down, man. <laughs> oh, I have to carry Indiana, bro. Carry Indiana is terrible, bro. Yeah. That's all I gotta say. Um, all right, so we're gonna move into spoilers here. Um, so just mute us, yeah, mute us real quick. We'll discuss spoilers for maybe like five minutes or yeah, so. Yeah, we'll do a quick spoiler discussion and then we'll uh, we'll move on. Okay. Yeah. All right, ready? <laughs> yeah. All right. Two, one, Ben kills in the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Trevor Slattery's back. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Slattery's back. I thought that was kind of a useless cameo. I thought, you know, then he. I, uh, it was, it me was... too. Me, me too. And it kind of didn't make sense for Wenwu to not just kill that dude on the spot. Yes. Mm. But I disagree, though. I disagree. Mm. I feel like it was. Because they have a lot. Because to your point, Nick, you said earlier, like we, they've been hinting at, and there's been the Ten Rings and all a lot of Marvel movies. They mm-hmm. they've been they were on a smaller scale than Hydra because they were in Iron Man One, 
Iron Man three, they popped up in Ant Man, and that was mm-hmm. kind of about it. And so yeah, for but, me, I'm yeah, like, but given the timeline of the movie when uh, when Wu was retired, it kind of makes sense that they've more or less gone in the dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Part so like possibly they say the wife died when Shang Chi was like uh, seven, so mm-hmm. that'd be like two thousand two ish because they met in like nineteen ninety six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so probably just like getting getting everything back together. Two thousand eight when they pop up again in Iron Man one. Yeah. And they, how they explain that? They said that a, a guy from America mimicked the Ten Rings. Yeah. Heard yeah. About them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they say Guy Pierce. He, which let's be real, that's exactly what he did. He appropriated the name the Mandarin. Which they address in the movie as. A scene that, if they're ever gonna drop an f bomb in a Marvel movie, just say, "Fucking white people." Yeah. <laughs> uh, and um, also, so there was two two post credit scenes. Um, there's two credit scenes that you hear. Mm-hmm. So the first one is yeah, the, yeah, the first yeah, the first is a uh, uh, a round table of a uh, Wong, Captain Marvel, and Bruce Banner, who uh, for some reason is not uh, Professor Hulk. I guess he can control when he changes now. Hopefully, he's gonna get. Dressed yeah. in She-Hulk, and they're talking about long. yeah he had yeah his arms still fucked up from Avengers Endgame from when he did the snap which great continuity yeah um and then and they don't know what the fuck the Ten Rings are they 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 ruled out okay it's not vibranium it's not uh alien tech and it's not any kind of magic that Wong re- mm. yeah, and, and they, they say that it is a beacon and they don't know who it's reaching out to. So it's possible, I think it's possible that this, the Ten Rings are going to tie into the Eternal. Ah, oh, that's a good guess, maybe. Yeah, that's probably a good guess. Yeah, some weapon from the Eternals or, yeah, some situation like that. Um, I mean, the energy it did give off when he was using, when Shang-Chi was using it, it did very much look like the way their powers look in the Eternals trailer, if you look yeah, at that trailer. Yeah, it looked like... Yeah, it looked kind of like what we saw in the Eternals trailers. And I'll, and then it leads into my favorite moment with Wong. It was like, yes, go home, get some rest. Right. Or. Or. It's some bullshit with uh, one of the Eternals, no uh, Shang-Chi daddy from a long time ago. <laughs> bullshit as an anniversary gift. Man, if I find that out, man, I don't want to hear that, man. That's bullshit. And, and that was bullshit. That was bullshit. Cool. Now y'all just detecting shit. Now y'all detecting everything, huh? <laughs> been for five years, now you this motherfucker then ruled over the fucking shit. You, that's what I'm saying, man. I'm sorry. See, you shouldn't have gotten the spoilers. I'm going to get mad because they've given us shit. They've given us shit. Oh, he, he went for hundreds of years and just fucking shit up. Fury's been around. Uh, ben and Black been around, goddammit. All these motherfuckers been around and seen all this shit, but they never seen nothing with Shang-Chi in them. All of a sudden, now for five years, they've been tracing shit, looking for the rings, and now all of a sudden, oh, they see some shit in Asia. They never said this shit in Endgame. They're giving us too much shit, man. And then also, now you're going to give us some Peter Quill shit with fucking uh, uh, Shang-Chi. Because you got to think about it. What does mama say? His mama said, we are empowered by gods or some shit like that. You already know she's different. Why we ain't getting none of that in the movie? 
We already know she's different. Shang-Chi is doing shit. He is superhuman. He is not a human. He is superhuman. Like, like, like Star-Lord? Like Star-Lord's dad? That's yes, he had these powers, and like, I was so confused by that. Um, powers are very, like, vague. Well, I think, well, if I don't know. I mean, this is me. I guess because his mom had powers, and she only had powers because she was from that place that and then he was training in that place. Then he he learned her martial arts, so he learned how to do the powers of the people who was mm-hmm. in that place. Yeah, but yeah, but that's also a thing that's in just there. It's like an uh, it's like an elevated. It's like a different reality that they operate in. Yeah, but I'm gonna tell you like this: sperm, <laughs> sperm don't. <lie. laughs> what you in? Sperm do not lie. That shit carries over. If she been a part of that, if Matt Murdock go have a baby right now and 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 with Spider Man, uh, uh, Mary Jane, what? Okay, I okay, I don't know. Okay, what the okay, what the fuck? All right. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know. Okay, this is this is going off the rails here. Damn. Yeah, yeah, dude, you're coming in and out. Yeah, I don't know. Collect yourself. Take a deep breath. They do leave a lot of. Woosa, motherfucker. Yeah, man, he's flying. I'm telling you, all through the movie, that's all I was thinking. Was like, wait, what is he, man? Let's go back to that. Why his mama say that? Let's go back to that. But no, we never got it. All I got. Yeah. One of my biggest issues is like, I felt like the soul suckers were weird the way they described them, the way they talked about them, and how they popped in. I mean, they were threatening mm-hmm. completely. That was probably one of the scariest creatures I've yeah. ever seen in a Marvel movie. But like, the way they described them and how they're like, they're super crazy powerful and they're going to be sealed by this way. And the dragon popped out. The dragon's like a water bender. Like, all that stuff like that. I'm like, okay. The, there are elements and powers and abilities in a movie that are very not well. They're uh, not well established. They're it, not well. Ju- they Thank they you. just kind of come out of nowhere. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hey, you, you, can, you can you can you can I mean yeah that's true. I'd stop counting yeah. abilities. Yeah. Ago. E- yeah. E- even the eight out of ten uh, I give Rajang because I think the the first two acts of this I think nine out of ten. The mm. third act, I think, uh, closer to like six or seven. Yeah. Hey, right. What, what was Buddy name in the blue? They did him bogus. Blue. Oh. Oh, a uh, death dealer. Y'all yeah, they, they, he went out like. Shit. Mm. <laughs> I could have like, 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 like literally looked at him dying, and then like had. It, Blowing our hands, yeah. Shoot shit. We're like, okay, like yeah. he, he literally kind of yeah. trained you, kind of vouched for you. Like he was like the, the mini mentor for like maybe two scenes, but you kind of like, oh shit, he's dead. Yeah, he's yeah. She was just kind of yeah looking at him, man, frozen, I guess. But I was just kind of like, I mean, do something. Yeah, shoot. but the, that's. Pro- but he probably had was involved in one of my favorite line of dialogue in the movie when Wu goes to that village and he just like sits him down. And is like, you be very careful when you talk to me, young man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was like, damn, that was cold. Yeah. Um, explain why so old? Because of the rings. Oh, they say the the ten rings they gave him. Yeah. Immortality. Yeah, eternal life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they do the you know. So, yeah. 
I guess the last thing I noticed about the movie is I'm like, like a lot of cool Easter eggs that I feel like you need to bring mm-hmm. up. Oh yeah, especially in that uh, underground fighting. Re- see, like uh, you see, you see a Black Widow fighting an extremist guy. You see, uh... yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Oh, I that missed that. Movie. I didn't see that. Oh, I missed that. Huh. <laughs> the that in two things. It popped him in uh, Age of the Shield and it popped him in Iron Man three. That was mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I missed that. Huh? I got to go back and look at the movie again. I missed that. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I saw like a Kree fighting in the background. The mm. scrolls. I think I saw that. Uh, mm. Now, Nick. Now, huh. did you notice the homage they play, they, they paid to uh, one of the one of my favorite martial arts movies at the end of Shang Chi when he was fighting that soul sucker? Do you see what he did? His last move. Oh fuck! I, oh, it was like. The fucking... I, I can't remember what it was. I, I don't remember. Dude, you cannot tell me he didn't pull a, like a Kung Fu hustle at the end or the job. Oh! Oh, oh shit! I missed that! <laughs> uh. <laughs> he killed that thing. I was like... That's the only thing I think, think of when, I, when that last move came out. I was like, that's literally Kung Fu hustle. That's fucking dope. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just don't. I just didn't like those cutscenes. I just didn't like it, man. I just don't. I don't care, man. Why y'all all around yeah. them? <laughs> yeah, I I like the movie, but I think the third act it gets too large scale for its good. Kind of like how I felt about uh, Black Widow. That I think yeah, I, it, I think a, I think a smaller scale uh, climax of something more personal. I think it would have been better. That when will Shang Chi and that and like a battle of morals? Almost on a mm. scale, not as CG as the Black Panther and Killmonger fight, but I feel like mm-hmm. that would have been enough for an audience to where there's enough tension and stake yeah. involved, you know? Yeah, which we kind of get at the early part of that act. We get that uh, epic fight scene between the two of them, and it does get very personal. And uh, say what you will about when the like the soul sucker dragon like comes out, but that scene where Wenwu gives up the Ten Rings, that... That uh, hit me emotionally. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, and again shows how great an actor Tony Lung is. He conveys all of that uh, emotion and regret with just his eyes. Yeah, uh, and I, I do. I love. I love him so much, but I still feel like the whole mind control, mental manipulation. Like they didn't say it was the rings, but you, uh, Josh, when you said it was grief. But at the same time, though, this monster manipulating you to hear your wife. But at the same time, though, like you're not see- like you're not seeing this destruction that happens around you. That that parts for me were like the the villain so maintained on his goal, but doesn't see the consequences actively around him. And it's not until this creature comes out where, he, where he's like, "Oh, no, I should have done." And it's like in it, his it mind, it's oh, right. Maybe my wife's not in there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that, that was a good discussion about Sh- uh, Shang-Chi, everything like that, gotten into some spoilers, you know, had great discussions. Um, I don't know yeah, what... I, 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 do, I, do think, I do think it. I do think it's worth seeing in a theater if, uh, if you, you know, you can make sure that, you know, you're socially distanced, keep your mask on, but otherwise, other, if you can't in those circumstances, I'd say, uh, go ahead and wait for Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want people to see this because... Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so moving on from discussing Shang-Chi, going to discuss uh, real quick, What If Episode 4. 
Um, so in this episode, we have Doctor Strange. Uh, so it's an episode about him. Um, in this episode, it's dealing with what if um, instead of, um, well, actually, it's what if his love interest from uh, Doctor Strange, Christine, who um, who I don't even remember her name, actually, because <laughs> Richard McAdams was kind yeah, of mainly yeah. forgettable in that movie. Uh, even though I, I love Richard McAdams, she's a great actress, but you know a lot of love interest mm -hmm. in MCU projects are yeah. mostly forgettable. Yeah, she yeah she she was kind of given a thankless role. Uh, Get my favorite strange. My girlfriends now. I yeah. loved her in that movie, but it was kind of a thankless role. Yeah, no, I, they, I know. Raised her importance in this episode. Yeah, and, and her important him her importance is absolutely raised, and why she is such a vital character. Doctor Strange, which I hope they explore some of that in uh, Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Um, so in this, so because the original Doctor Strange story that we saw was that he got into a car accident and he broke, you know, all his fingers and that ruined his uh, career of being a doctor. So that's when he sought out the mystic arts. So in this one, it's you know, what if his love interest Christine had died in the car accident? Nothing happened to him. It was just that you know his uh, you know his girlfriend had died, and then that's what sought him out to the mystic arts because he was lost uh, due to you know being in love with her and then losing kind of the love of his life. And due to that, it kind of leads mm -hmm. him down this dark path of trying to gain more knowledge and more power. Um, into eventually kind of becoming this evil, you know, version of himself. And, you know, and it has been in the Cumberbatch who has returned at, to voice Doctor Strange, um, as well as uh, Tilda Swinton, um, who's still not Asian yet, uh, but she's still the ancient one. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? She's still the ancient one here. Um, also has, you know, Benedict Wong um, in it coming back here, you know. He's yep. I think the entire Doctor Strange cast rising their roles, at least the characters that we see. Yeah, because uh, Benny C Benedict Cumberbatch is reprising his role. Rachel McAdams does the voice. Uh, Benedict Wong, of course, who please put him in everything. Yeah, let's go. Uh, Tilda Swinton's uh, returning. Mm, yeah, um, and you know, so in this episode, so you know, him kind of constantly, you know, doing that. So even though I didn't see Chueta Edgy for, he was missing from this. Uh, yeah, that. he. I don't think. Yeah, he wasn't in this. Oh, yeah. you're right. Oh, yeah, his God. his character wasn't in here. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, what was his character? Mamo had one cameo. Oh, oh, uh, Mordo. Mordo. Yeah. Uh, would you say Elijah? I'm sorry. I said Mamo had one cameo, but that's the only villains that popped up. So the only two people who pop up, or three who pop up from uh, the movie, is Wong, Ancient One, and Doctor Strange, and that's really about it. Outside yeah. of Christine. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, yeah, um, so, you know, it has him kind of going through more and more pursuit of the power and everything like that, um, and falling down this dark path. Um, so I'm going to go around. So, Elijah, what did you think about the episode and some of the strong points and weak points for you there? Uh, let me say that I'm biased because Dr. Strange is my favorite Marvel character. Um, I love mm -hmm. magic and comic book movies and comic books themselves. I think this was my favorite episode by far. Um, mm, 100%. Episode two was cool. Episode one was was fun. Episode three was like that was a great mystery. But I'm like, if you Marvel has not gotten more comic book in a television show until this episode right here, mm. hands down, there's no argument in my mind. Um, I do feel like they paced this is the best pace in my opinion. They did a good job wrapping up the 20 minutes or 27 six whatever minutes of origin. They skip the comatage stuff, get to his him being close to supreme having a time stone, and him struggling uh, left and right. I hmm. do think that it was funny at one point. Uh, can we say spoilers? Yep. 
Um, yeah. Uh, well, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah uh, let's do it. Yeah. So hold on. Wait till uh, so give so wait till everybody gives their thoughts and then rating for the episode and then we'll go into spoilers. Well, I guess we kind of I mean, that's we kind of spoiled the motivation of why he became you know what he mm-hmm. became. But I'm like the way Christine went out like over and over and over again. That oh, wasn't that that was. Yeah, it was comical. It was like, comical, but what this episode is kind of about—it's what uh, grief does to people, yeah. and it's kind of like that—that uh, that negative road that you can take, and how close we are, how really how close we were to getting this guy as uh, the sorcerer supreme. A villain. Yeah, and what, for me, it stuck. The love interest motivation of grief did not carry weights because we did not get that love in the first movie. Mm. But the way it went about and his struggle to fight against it carried weight in its own episode. And so mm. I do feel like, even though it's comical that like no matter what he's like, no matter what he's like, he can do a car crash, he can take an Uber, he can walk, he can not show up, like no matter what, like she just like they would they literally went to the party dancing, she just collapsed. I'm like they didn't explain that, but it's crazy <laughs> to me how the timeline that was the funny part to me. But um, in the timeline, if you are destined to be this person, no matter what, destiny, and I don't know if it's a actual mystical being or magical thing, but no matter what needs to happen, this said thing has to happen no matter how you try to avoid mm-hmm. it. Um, it was cool to me the way he wants to go seek out knowledge uh, back in time towards the more ancient being, but I can't remember his name. Uh, he has a very special name that I can't think of top of my head. Oh, uh, Obang, who is uh, voiced Obang. by uh, K. Amati. And I thought it was cool how they built upon the lore of, like, here's his hidden library of knowledge and the way they went about Strange. Because the movie itself was very uh, sampler platter-ish of what the mysticism of Marvel could be because they went full force in this episode. His abilities were way beyond what we saw before. We saw different spells than he did in Endgame and Infinity War. We saw creatures and how, like in the comics, if you read not trans comics right now, they have to call upon other entities who have certain abilities and the way they go about absorbing them the same way Mordo did at the last credit scene of the movie, mm. it makes sense how, like, okay, human beings or creatures or whatever, certain sorcerers can only hold so much magic, and to call upon or just straight up steal a build of somebody else is awesome. I feel like the Watcher had his best from how he... he, he, he He's a nice person because he wants to help, he can't, but he will acknowledge that, like, this needs to be stopped because it's going to doom the entire universe. Now, if somebody gets hurt who's important, he's like, unfortunately, this way it goes. But the whole universe is like, he's like, I should say something, but I can't. But at the same time, though, I will acknowledge this person towards the end, which he did. Um, and I feel like for Doctor Strange, I disliked, I disliked the motivation at the end. The same thing with Wen Wu and uh, Shang Chi is where like. They don't understand their consequence. They don't think about it until the last moment, right? Mm. Where um, Doctor Strange's like, oh, so I'm this ugly, hideous creature. She's back to life. She's horrified by me, and everything's collapsing. Now I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I don't want the world to end. I shouldn't have done this. But, like, your better half told you, like, hey, this thing is happening, and you don't see the destruction. People are really melting. Cars are melting. The universe is collapsing left and right, but you don't, you know what I mean? And so it's that same mindset of like, well, people are in Wen Wu's head of like taking over his mind, and I get Doctor Strange under influence, but that Marvel has not perfected character motivation perfectly 
in my head the same way they had with Killmonger and um, Thanos, in my opinion. So that was hmm. kind of like, mm, to me. Okay. Uh, Chill, what did you think about the episode? Man. Man, y'all. I'm sorry, Nick. It, you know, man, Eli, Eli, man, y'all gonna think I'm preaching again, bro. Um, it, it, it was it was it was a great episode, man. It definitely could have been like a movie, right? It definitely could have been a movie, and and everything that y'all said was correct. Uh, but another thing that I, I feel like I need to point out, G, is that you got to think about that who Doctor Strange was too as a person. Doctor Strange was a very material person. So Eli, when you say that, when you say that these people don't have the the the, they don't know the the ends of their consequences. Guess mm. guess what? I bet you, if if that motherfucker was in the motherfucking thing, <laughs> and and Christine was sitting there right with him, that motherfucker <laughs> would still be happy. G, he would still be happy because what he wanted was the physical. What he wanted was the person. When you watch the first uh, uh, Doctor Strange, what 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 the, what was one of the things that they had a lot? His car, his physical. His his the way he worked, his fucking watches, his you know what I'm saying like all his shit, his crib, mm-hmm. very material person. He wanted her in the physical. He didn't give a fuck if she was gone and she still loved him. He that wasn't enough for him. And that's another thing this this shit is telling you is that for some people, is some shit is not enough. They don't they don't rely on mysticism. They don't rely on faith. They don't rely on shit like that. They rely on what they can do and what they can see can get done. And what's in the in in the physical? He was a surgeon. If he couldn't get a fucking uh, 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 surgery done, he was pissed. He knew he could do the shit himself. You know why? Because he can see it. If he got the bullet out your brain, he can see it. If he had this, he had it because he bought it. If he knew he could do this, he did it. That's why he picked out the different fucking surgeries when he was in the car. He's a material person, and this this episode lets you know. As for for a lot of people, some shit is just not enough. Mm. And that's yeah, about- yeah. I I, I kind of agree with you. Your assessment, Strange. I think the biggest flaw of this character that Stephen Strange is a very arrogant guy. If like he's given the opportunity to try something, he's gonna take it. It's why you know the looks like the multiverse is fucked thanks to him, almost in a sense. And if if he's like explicitly told not to do something, if he's like explained the consequences, he's always going to think, "Yeah, but I'll, it's it'll be fine. I can figure it out." Mm-hmm. So for me, like the lengths he goes to in this aren't out of aren't out of the realm of possibility for Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it true. And 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 then let's let's not even just put the fault on him. We got to put the fault on the on the regular Doctor Strange because, like you said. Every multiverse has a direct path. That 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 person is the same person. Yes, he didn't do that. He didn't touch the motherfucking thing. But guess what? I bet you it's something else that he's gonna fuck up. As goes in, mm. fucking like you said, fucking Spider Man. You know what I'm saying? So choices, man. What if? What if, man? That's what this show is about. G, like, what if, man? And I'm sorry if I feel like I'm preaching on it. Yeah, but- I, yeah, I get it. But I didn't even mind the inclusion of. Uh, how important a character Christine is because they do hint that their romance in Doctor Strange that they, they felt more like amicable exes than they did like actual romance but 
there's enough hair that I didn't I wasn't bothered by her inclusion in this what if episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, not at all. If you yeah. are right they did do the trade-off with, like, he was distracted by his hands in the first movie. Mm-hmm. So I guess if the opposite happened, that I guess between his, he's not going to lose, he's rich, regardless. He won't lose the materials, but I guess if you can word it that way, even though it wasn't displayed well in the movie, if he did lose his hands and he did lose Christine, that does make more sense. Their love wasn't shown mm-hmm. as much in the movie, but she was loyal to him. So yeah, I get what I yeah, but, yeah, but there's a small point, I think, towards the very end of Doctor Strange where like this one broken watch that he like took to that event, they revealed that it was a gift from Christine. Oh yeah, yeah, and that was a callback from like, the movie because he had that watch that he got from mm-hmm. Christine in the movie too in the first Doctor Strange movie. So mm-hmm. that that watch yes. that he yep. got from her. Um, yeah, I think that the episode is pretty strong. Uh, I think this is hmm. It's between this episode, I think, and the, the Child of Star-Lord episode as being my favorite uh, mm-hmm. of so far of What If. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, the whole thing, you know, with him kind of going down this kind of darker path is, is very interesting. And then, you know, the, like Elijah mentioned, the deaths of Christine kind of did become comical. It was like the worst Groundhog Day ever um, situation. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, then- but there, there was a little comical, but it's but I think the the voice performance, they constantly sell it as this tragic thing as this very like dark and emotional thing that would drive strange down this path yeah um and then you know it, it made even even worse like when the h1 uh, came out and says having car trouble it's like bitch fuck you you know what i mean like he just saw this girl die the the 30th time and she come out with puns it's like jesus christ lady come on right. <laughs> you know it's like come on uh but yeah, and then, you know, it's something that H1 did in it was she, you know, when they kind of have the standoff and, you know, about him seeking more power and he, she split him into two. So now there's there were two Doctor Stranges in the same universe. Um, and then when, you know, Doctor Strange kind of, you know, is, is gaining this power, you know, and starting to look like Jafar from, you know, Aladdin. Um, you know what I mean, and yeah, and and I first of all, I think that was a, that was a great battle square off when it was the two sources supremes, uh, because to see Doctor Strange, you know, fight and see him use his magic is very interesting. Like you know, kind of one of my some of my favorite scenes in Infinity War was when seeing Doctor Strange fight Thanos and seeing what he could do with the magic and then turn it into the butterflies and you know using it to when he you know multiplied himself and then used the whips and everything like that. I thought that was kind of really interesting and really cool. I want to see more of that. Mm-hmm. And him uses powers, and here in this animated field, you're able to do even more so uh, with that. So I thought that was very nice. Um, so I, I enjoyed the episode quite a bit. Uh, Nick, what were you kind of your overall thoughts about the episode? Um, me, this is probably my favorite. Uh, you cut, yeah, you cut out there again, there, Nick. Oh, sorry, sorry. I, I think the best thing about what if is you can play around with different tones in every episode. The first episode, we, we talked about it last week, it was that uh, 40s serial story. Uh, 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 Chachala's Star-Lord episode, that was very fun, swashbuckly, space Pirates of the Caribbean almost. The third's a murder mystery. This is like dark, apocalyptic tragedy. And all of them work. All of them work just as well. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, um, so I guess we can we can do a little bit of spoilers here. Get into a little bit of spoilers. Discuss more stuff about the episode in depth. So if you haven't seen it, uh, mm-hmm. just be wary of there. So spoiler spoiler wise, yeah, and, and uh, Javon Good uh, Javon Good brings up a good point. Uh, T'Challa's episodes. Uh, she's saying that that's still uh, 
uh, my fave. Um, I'd say this one, I'd put them on the same level, but for different reasons. Mm, okay. Um, so what, what did you guys want to discuss specifically with spoilers and you know things like that mm. as wise um because elijah what is going on man? that's what's going on that's what we discussed why why are you splitting shit why are you fucking with shit now what's what's going on now we got little fucking cubes and shit we don't know what's going on man they splitting shit up they're supposed to be in the movies right so they're supposed to all cross over right i don't know what's going on bro even in the trailer you see her you see uh captain Britain talking to, to, to strange captain Britain is in the present time right what's going on there's there's hints of bigger stuff going on because this is the first episode where the watcher actually interacts with uh with one of the characters this is the first time and it makes yeah. sense it'll be with dr strange because he's probably the only person that could see him yeah or sense him. and it's just like feel- hey you fucked up live with it yeah what what are y'all yeah. predicting? i can't do shit in game of all this shit could we split in the tree of time tell me that oh, I, I think it i i think it could go either way i think they could potentially to into the like marvel multiverse project or this could be what it's just pitched as as its own thing its own standalone as own uh marvel's version of the twilight zone mm. Mm. I know I wanted to I wanted to be that. I'd be more satisfied mm. if this was the Marvel Twilight Zone because I want an episode with consequence. This is the first mm. episode with absolute consequence where a character went the complete dark route and had to suffer in their own pocket little miniature pocket dimension of what they did wrong and to live mm. with that. Now they try to bring him back and do something else. I don't really agree with that. We're not too sure yet if anything from these what if episodes will continue on into the series because I'm worried that even though it's canon it's still animated so I'm not sure we'll see uh, you know Captain Carter I'm not sure if we're going to see uh, we're, well, I don't know how to do T'Challa Space Lord or Star Lord when you know sadly Chadwick, Chadwick is gone but um, also with uh, most of the characters being dead in the third episode I'm like maybe we might see a King Loki and see how that interacts with the story but um, you got to think about it too. We have the Marvel zombies think, coming I, up. I think a lot of these characters up. we've kind of already in Loki. I think that's the guy that ended up being like uh, President Loki, mm. the yeah. one that gets his like hand bitten off by uh, Ali by Florida Loki. <laughs> no, yeah. Florida. I couldn't see the progression, but maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I think this is you know very yeah very very strong episode. Um, like I said, seeing the Watcher kind of interact because it makes sense. Obviously, Doctor Strange can sense him, can can feel him there. So his mm-hmm. power and the fact that he's gaining, you know, gaining all this power from all these different creatures, you know, just kind of sucking in their souls. You know what I mean? Uh, just like what Shang Chi did in their movie, just sucking in souls, basically, just all that. You know, so it's basically the same thing he was doing there. We got to come up with a different word for that uh, <laughs> phrasing. Oh, okay, yeah. Soul, soul snacking. Yes, yeah, no, soul, soul eating. Yeah, soul eating. Soul eating. Soul eating. Soul, soul, eating. Yes. soul eating there. So, Love anime. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, um, let's see. I'd give this for me, I think, I'd give this episode an 8 out of 10 for me. Uh, very, I don't really have really much negative to say about the episode at all. Um, you know, I thought it was kind of very well done. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, strong 8 for me. What about you guys? Hey, okay. 
it's, it's a borderline nine for me, so I'll give it an eight point five. I love this episode. I do feel like um, Doctor Strange as, a, as one of my favorite characters. They finally, which I complained about in the first movie, they showed his potential for his powers and his skill set. Because I feel like Doctor Strange is the most versatile character, mm. move wise, powers wise, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes, is Captain Marvel a powerhouse? Sure. Is Inter- Eternals the guy in the trailer? Is he like a mini Homelander? Sure, he'll be Superman, Homelander, shooting eye beams, whatever. You know, um, Vision is strong, Scarlet Witch is strong. You know, she's a glass cannon because she still can be hurt. Um, but I feel like Doctor Strange. There's so much possibility for what he can do, and we see him do like in the trailer for uh, uh, No Way Home. Oh, he do magic. He can, do, like, yeah, he he can literally change. He can change. Like reset everybody's mind. He can turn back the time. He can summon summon demons and take their power. But I guess my complaint about this episode was he it, it not saying it turned into a projectile only battle. Not only did they kind of mimic some of the move sets from Infinity War that we got teased at what you could do, but it's kinda of like when it comes to actually fight with somebody, Vinny's not versatile because they can't really make him as broken as he maybe could be. So I mean, still, still 8.5 for me, but there's like a couple things where I'm like, eh, it turned into, like, pew-pew, like, shoot lasers and bolts and things like that. They did mm-hmm. kind of standard magical battles we see. Mm-hmm. I, I, think, I think they just do that because that's the easier kind of magical battle to translate to, like, a live action thing. The, the thing that's, with- that's easy to translate. The thing with yeah. magic... The way that I felt like they always use magic, or not always, but anybody use magic is like it's elements. It's one thing that affects this thing. You put some water on the on the fire, it go out. Put some fire on the water, <laughs> it might go explode. Certain kind of water, whatever fucking be. Uh, I can get an episode. I'm sorry. I mean, I didn't mean to give it an eight. I meant to give it a ten. Uh, it was good. <laughs> we got. I think we should make that right. Damn, it's good. Out of ten. Damn. Damn. Uh, um, right. uh, all right, so so real quick before we get into Mortal Kombat, just to switch some things up a little bit, just style and tone, real quick. Uh, I'm discuss some music. Let's get into some music real quick. Uh, chill, since you're the yeah, DJ. Man, yeah, you know you're a DJ yeah, here. I, so, yeah. Oh, go ahead. What you yeah, say? I didn't. I didn't listen to either album. I'll leave it to you guys. Oh, okay. okay uh, well, I mean, uh, who, I mean. So I guess what I mean. Well, I'll introduce I mean, it. Yeah. Ahead. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, for our first album review, we're gonna have discuss Donda, uh, which is Kanye's tenth studio album. Kanye West, rapper, producer, uh, fashion designer, billionaire, uh, narcissist, uh, uh, madman, um, presidential candidate, uh, all around. Uh, just you know, uh, Kim Kardashian's husband, our ex-husband. Um, you know, all around <laughs> things like that. So. Um, we have we're discussing his 10th studio album here uh donda um chill what did you kind of what, what kind of your thoughts about that you're the music guy here specifically well one thing i don't know if nick can still hear me but one thing i'm definitely going to tie because we're are we doing both together yeah yeah drake's uh certified lover boy as well uh we're also going to to discuss yes yeah, so certified love boy Toronto native. Uh, well, mm-hmm. not me. That motherfucker is. Um, 
And I, I just want to say, I'm a, I'm, I hope uh, Nick hears me because I'm going to culminate this whole conversation almost back to Dr. Strange. What is So, uh, but yeah, you know, Donda, CLB, I, I'll go with Donda first, man. I'm, I'm going to tell you like this. I, I I didn't watch none of the streams, right? Watch none of the streams. Uh, except for the Chicago stream. You know, I said I had to watch the crib. I had to see what he was going to do for the crib. You know, I heard the album, man. And I heard the album during the stream. I was like, ugh. It's all right. I think the middle part turns up and then it kind of dies down. You know what I'm saying? As far as Donda. Uh, but the same time, it's something special about Donda. It's, it's something very, very special about Donda when you listen to it. And any motherfucker can tell you something special about Donna when you listen to it. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and say that it's one of my favorite Kanye albums, but I think it will live in his library as strong as I think uh let's say Yeezus. Hmm. I think it I think it will come in front of Yeezus and, and live in his library just like that. Uh and as far as like C L B <laughs> look, man. Call myself, man. Look, 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 Jay. Look, Nick. Look, look, what? Like, if, if anybody been to my streams, man, I call myself the Yellow Boy. You know, what I'm saying, represent for all the light skinned folks in the world, bro. Like, and, and you know, this man, I, man, this this fool dropped some mid, bro. I'm I'm gonna tell you like this, and I told you yesterday, I'm a Drake fan. You know, what I'm saying this shit was some mid. And I'm going to tell you like this at the same time, the way I tie this to Dr. Strange is the same shit at this What If episode. It's, it's, this is the same shit. This is two motherfuckers that are just fucking fighting each other, making the same fucking music. You know why? Because when you listen to Donda, you listen to the shit that the kids are fucking saying, right? So you have that relatability. It just sounds better. You got Travis on there. You got Keem on there. You got Keem going fucking crazy on the track. So you're already relating to shit. That's already on the fucking track, right? Yeah. And then you got LB, that fucking Drake doing the same shit. Doing the same shit. He's doing the same young shit and sounds the same. And it just sounds like Drake imitating it. Both mm. of these artists are fucking imitating each other. When I, when I, when I, I, both these, I listened to Donda about eight, ten times. I listened to the fucking the Lover Boy about fucking <laughs> at least four times. I listened to it three times today. Three times today. Three times. And guess what Bro. that motherfucker did today? Do it. Cut him. That's what both of them did today. Guess what they did today? He brought a video out for the worst fucking song on the album. The worst fucking song on the album, my guys. <laughs> And what's, what what uh, song was that? What song was that? Oh my god. It's called Text Me. Oh my god. Why? That, that, oh man, that's whack. And that's all I've seen. But all of this shit that's going on, that's what I gotta say about these two albums. And all this shit is, is fucking Doctor Strange bad and Doctor Strange fucking good going against each other. Because all these Whoa. two motherfuckers is the same two people just going at each other. Whoa, 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 whoa. We ain't never heard of Kanye in Millie. <laughs> Damn. 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 Dam
he played that again. <laughs> hey, we never heard Kanye and Millie Bobby, so let's not not go we that didn't, far. Didn't, but we we have stupid ass uh, uh, lyrics where if if you got a bleach hole, would that make my white teeth bleach and shit like that? This Kanye, this Kanye on Donda is way more mature, way more hmm. mature, way more mature in the lyrics, way more mature in the lyrics. Drake. Drake ain't mature in the lyrics. Drake, he, <laughs> the number, he, he gives these cringy ass lines. I'm I'm a I'm I'm the I'm the world's greatest uh single uh uh I'm the world's greatest split marriage, single parent marriage or some shit like that. Sounds stupid. That sounds stupid. <laughs> and people say he's No man, no. <laughs> Kanye shit. You gotta listen to Donda G. Donda is a churchy album. But it's a very, very dark album. It's mm-hmm. a very, very dark album. It puts you in a very, very dark mood. The 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 the, the beats on there are very, very bleak. You know what I'm saying? And I love it. I love it. One of my favorite movies is The Crow. I watch that every Halloween. Okay? <laughs> love it. I love the darkness. I felt that shit when Bane said it. I felt it. <laughs> I love it. My first album was It's Dark and Hell is Hot. Yeah. I love it. This Drake shit, no, I don't know. I'm good. Oh. I'm not saying it's terrible, but this shit gets boring, bro. That shit gets boring. And guess what? These are the two same artists going against each other for no fucking reason. Because guess what? They imitate the same fucking sound. It's a devil in a blue dress on this fucking Donda album with, with West Side Gun in them. <laughs> we don't need another be- be- devil in a blue dress. We don't need that. We don't need another fucking you and like Big Sean type song where you just put Baby Keem on there. Tell him I'm still outside. Because that's a song that he will put Big Sean on there. You know why? Because the bass is heavy. Okay? We don't need that. We don't need another fucking fake ass uh, uh, flashing lights. Okay? But a lot of the lyrics on Donda is very, very fucking like dark. When you listen to Jesus Lord, that's some dark lyrics. <laughs> Okay, and then listen to the version with the locks. Oh my God, his the second versions of those songs on there are beautiful. I, I'm sorry, I like Playboy Cardi when he just jumps around and says "ass that shit," so he sounds good. But on Drake shit, keep that shit with Cuddy. We don't <laughs> need that. That's terrible. We don't need that. That top dollar sign. No. The last song you had with Todd Alessandro Scorpion was good. Okay? We don't need another Lord Knows with you and Rick Ross and you just gonna jump rain on that. Stop the imitating, bro. The song sounds good, but it's the same shit. Both of you motherfuckers. And that's it. Uh, I need I need chill to review every album. <laughs> no, no, no. I need to hear that. No. Um, I, I kind of want to hear that. Uh, Elijah, so, yeah. so what do you think? Okay, all right. So real quick, uh, first starting off, I don't have the music knowledge that Chill has. So he'll he'll trump me mm-hmm. no matter what I'm using now. I'll admit that right now. But it's not about trumping, though. It's not about trumping. It's the fact that, I, you see, I named those tracks, but you got to go back and listen to mm-hmm. them. Go back and listen yeah. to those tracks. All right, so, okay, real quick, because I super 180, polar opposite disagree. Um, and Josh, I might need you to fucking help me out on this because I really don't care for this album by uh, Kanye. I am a big person of I want to separate the artist 
from the art mm-hmm. because what kind of been in the last couple of years, I try to separate that. So people try to cancel R. Kelly. People try to cancel uh, a couple of artists for like all the dark stuff they've done in their past. Okay, but R. Their R. Kelly, you actually should can and should cancel. Hey man, I love I love all I love the uh, Space Jam soundtrack. Um, <laughs> you can't fuck, you can't fuck kids and then be okay. No, not fair. Uh, but at the same time, though, like Kanye also said that slavery was a choice. So like I'm like, mm. 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 Uh, plus he also backdrop. But at the same time, though, chill. You cannot tell me this art album A did not start out very great because the first song on the album, what is it? Donda, Donda, Donda. Donda, like it's a Donda chant, like that's super mm. stupid. This is yeah, our forty-nine minute album. Okay, you're supposed to give your review. If you want to debate me, you just so you just look. Just start the conversation saying, "Chill." You just establish me to have more knowledge. You why would you even direct me? Uh, you see, I sat here, I didn't say <laughs> anything. So direct me or correct me because I, I have receipts for that. So I'm just saying. If you want me to have a receipt. Listen, this whole album is bullshit, double booty cheek, diarrhea, milkshake. Shout out co-host 3000. All right? So I will fuck with, praise God, I'll fuck with Jonah. I'll fuck with, hold on. Track 15, Donut. All right. Jesus Lord 17, good. After that, Lord, I need, all right. (laughs) Uh, Track 22 to 27. Come to Life, No Child Left Behind, Jail Part 2, OK Part 2, Jonya Part 2, Jesus the Lord Part 2. I will say Jonya, the first one, was also pretty good. Everything else, stupid. I think Kanye is so far up his own act. I think he is so, all his music is pretentious. This is all, I'm not going to say like it's fake, Christian, spiritual music. It's not. It can come from the heart, but Kanye is so delusional in his messages, know what he thinks right now. I feel like he is so, like, to, to having a house, working out, doing live streams, Marilyn Manson, all that nonsense. I'm like, his, I don't know if his head's in the right space. I don't know if he needs to be on some meds. I know that we gave him a break when his mom died. I get that. I know he's going through the divorce right now. Like, I get that. And this is still me trying to separate the artist from the heart. But they both play a hand-in-hand on what his music right now is. And I feel like him creatively, there are parts of, uh, golden age Kanye still in there. He can still make good music. He's still a good lyricist. He's still a good singer. He still can be creative. But I feel like he has so many yes men that he can just put whatever where it just sounds like nonsense. And I don't agree with that. Now, maybe because I come from, from a younger generation to where, like, I don't know how everybody else is. I'm 25. Remember, remember, I'm just, all I say, I didn't give it a, I didn't give it a rating. All I okay. said was better than CLB. That's all I said. I, I disagree. I disagree because you know what? Like what? And I'm a I'm a, I'm a, I'm probably the least big music fan. Funny because I'm on a music podcast mostly, but I'm probably the least big music fan on the podcast right now. And when I jumped into this album, I got bored. This felt like a chore. This felt like work to me to get through a project just to talk about it. But I did not enjoy listening to eighty percent of it. Now, and I have it on my computer right now. I'm looking at all the tracks. Now, the minute you jump into Drake, Champagne Poetry, already a hit. I would say my top songs right now off Drake's album. I feel like for Kanye, for the most part, he is either low-tier mid 
or straight up ass. For Drake, he is at best high tier mid, if not great. He has some of the best features on this album, hands down. Um, in the Bible, beautiful. Girls want girls, beautiful. Love all, all right. Fair trade, all right. Way too sexy, way too sexy, all right. Those are so songs. Like those songs are who all right. Those are so songs to get played in the club. They'll get played at the bar. They'll get played in the car. They'll get played in the radio way before Kanye. Listen, you can't tell me right now. You can't. You cannot play TSU you know? without <laughs> having that be stuck in your I don't want to hear it here and there. I don't want to hear it anywhere. <laughs> yeah, wait, wait till Thursday. It's going to get played, but it sucks. It fucking sucks. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's catchy. It's catchy what it is, but I guarantee you there's, there's not one catchy song on Kanye's album. It, it, like, it, you want to make it, it wants to be fake spiritual. I'm sorry. In mm. the Bible, uh-huh. in the Bible, good until it gets to the fucking end when it gets to give you Give me y'all, shut the fuck up. And I agree with you. I mean, you're talking you about the dude that you're talking about the dude that preached with Yola. Yeah. Hmm. Yes. Um. Shut it up, like till they got to shut up. Josh, my favorite track on this album, Knife Talk. I'm a big Twenty One Savage fan. For like Knife, bro, listen, Knife Talk, my favorite track on this album. I will play Knife Talk. I'll play TSU. I'll play. Listen, bro. Get along better hits me hard. Okay. Hmm. Uh, all these like there's so seven a.m. on Bride Path hits me hard. Like all these songs I'm right here. Like I play this all day at work. I'm not supposed to have AirPods in while I'm talking to customers at my job. I work retail, but it's like hmm. the entire day I was Drake all day, loving it. On the car ride home, loving it. Playing it before the podcast, loving it. Donda. I listened to Donda twenty minutes before you called me, Josh. It still felt like a chore. Mm, okay. I still feel like the album is bad. I feel like Kanye's mm. past his prime. I thought maybe the Kardashian thing escalated him to more craziness. This whole mm. Trump thing escalated him to more craziness. I feel like he could probably bring out his old school golden age skill if he really sat down, isolated himself, and got to work in the booth. But still, he's. I don't know how to label his album. Is it is it pseudo Christian rap? Like what what is this? What message trying to bring to this? Like I mean, it's. It is, but I understand. I, I respect. I respect where you're coming from, from how you feel about it. Because, like you said, you don't relate to it. Uh, it's some shit that Kanye talk about in there that's like Chicago shit. You know what I'm saying? We talk about swap meet shit. You know what I'm saying? It's it's like yeah. little shit that he say that like, like you know what I'm saying? So it's like it's it's that too. I'm you know if, if what anybody is he, what is he talking about? What is he talking about? Bias. So it's like I'm a, I'm gonna support a Chicago motherfucker for anything, but at the same time. If CLB was better, I would say CLB is better, but right. I just can't. Okay. Okay, uh, so chill. Uh, tell me right now, what is tra- track one, Donna Chan? What is he talking about? <laughs> He's introducing the album. <laughs> he has the girls chant Donna fucking uh, 56 or 58 52, times. 52, 52 seconds, yep. Uh, no, 58 times. Like they say a name 58 something times or something like that because of her age. That's where she died. Oh. Okay. The she died. Oh, you um, know what I'm saying? So, yeah. And then, and then, and then, hold on, real quick, Josh. Let me okay. say one thing. And then, it's a little side. I mean, Nick, have you have you ever listened to any Kanye album? <laughs> I think I listened to a lot of his early stuff. I listened to to College Dropout. I and I think that was the last album. Mm. Okay. So, you know. Even with this, I want to say this. A lot of this media shit is smoke and mirrors. If you listen to the succession of his albums, my, my guy, 
Kanye was talking about cheating and 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 and, and, and being divorced on Jesus. Right. If we want to get into that, and you want to say, "Oh, Kanye done lost his way. I don't know where his music has been." Let's let's follow his career. This shit is old, bro. This shit is old, and the shit that Drake talk about is old. But this just they do the same shit. This is do Doctor Strange motherfuckers. It's just <laughs> for everybody. One of them is gonna sound better. One yeah. of them is gonna be better. I might fuck with the Doctor Strange trying to get his his chick back. <laughs> Stop, bro. I'm just picturing a Doctor Strange album right now. It's the same. I'm looking over at you in the room. It's the same. These are two of the same type of artists, bro, competing with each other. And guess what? It's lacking along the way. Um. So I'll come in here uh, a little bit here. So um, with Kanye West, Donda, um, you know, just kind of my thoughts. So you know, there's kind of been a buildup between him and Drake uh, because. There was kind of reports they were going to drop at the same time and, you know, had kind of have a compete. And then uh, there's kind of a beef going on, it seems like, between them where Kanye you know, released Drake's address. And um, then some people say, well, his address is kind of already public, but he, like, put out his address online and everything like that, then deleted it. Um, and, you know, with Donda, listening to it in this, you know, both songs are plus 20 tracks, uh, 20 plus tracks. And, you know, it's what these artists are doing kind of now. Um, I believe the term is like stream trolling or, you know, kind of stream kind of thing like that. It's basically what artists do. They put on multiple songs, like 20 plus songs in order to get more streams on their album because that's how you get more money, more revenue. So the more songs that you have on the album, then the more chances like your Yeah, the, the more chance. Or put a single out and let it run for fucking two, three weeks. And, you know, the single is hot. So about time to sing how they ran up fucking a hundred, a million streams is going to jump on your album. And that also helps you set Yeah. Yep. Um, so Donda has 27 tracks. Uh, Certified Lover Boy has 21 tracks. Um, so, yeah, that's what and then that's what kind of artists do sometimes. And then like more number of songs and then it'll be added to playlists like, you know, Spotify or Apple Music has all these different playlists that you can have that they curate. And then that they can put it on there. So that also increases the number of you know streams you can get for your album and everything like that. Um, so with Donda, I do like, so straight up, I do like Donda better than Certified Lover Boy. Um, I think, you know, even kind of mid-tier Kanye is still somewhat better for me than Drake. Um, you know, I like Drake when he's delivering kind of straight bars. You know what I mean? I mean, my favorite Drake album is um, If You're Reading This, It's Too Late. That's my favorite Drake project. Um, I think my favorite Kanye project overall is probably Graduation still. I still really love Graduation. Um, when Elijah mentions that, you know, like we haven't seen great Kanye, I will I will say that um, his collab with Kid, Kid Cudi called Kitsy Ghost, I thought was really great. It was a four-track four EP, and that was absolutely fantastic all the way through um, all the songs. Like, I, th their collaboration was amazing together, him and Kid Cuddy's. It, it was really fantastic. I really appreciate that. And uh, things like um, uh, Pablo, um, I thought was also a really solid album. Oh. I, uh, I thought was also really good. Um, with this Donda, with this Donda, oh, you didn't like Pablo? Okay. Uh, but I, I thought it was pretty good. So with this Donda. Who did you uh, but I mean that was that one track, okay? You know, you know, what I mean? that was that one track. You know what I mean? And then he had the "I Love You" Kanye track on there as well on Pablo. Uh, it, it, it's like the few. It's like the future's verse. King's dead. Uh. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, I, okay. 
but on this Donda album, so I, I'll tell you the songs I did like. Um, I like God Breathed. Um, I like Off the Grid. Um, I like Hurricane. Um, I thought Praise God was pretty good. Uh, I like Okay Okay. Um, I like Junior. I thought that was also great. Like it's it's kind of a hype song. Junior is definitely like a hype song that you listen to, you get up into. I think that's definitely much I I, I like a lot. Um, you know, and then also Chill spoke about how like a lot of these albums have the crossover uh, because like you have a lot of artists that are on Kanye's album that are also on Drake's album, like Jay Z, uh, like Young Thug, um, like Lil Baby. Wait, 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 oh, real quick, not the crossover. I'm saying a lot of songs are being remade. Like a lot of songs are the same shit. Oh. Like Devil in the Blue Dress and what's the name? Uh from the other shit is like remade in Donda with West Side Gun and then in Drake fucking he tries to remake fucking um uh you used to call me on my with fucking uh too sexy. You like, think it's, it's shit that they remade on there that I just don't like. And yeah, the the feature shit too. Sorry, I'm I'm gonna say stretch. Okay. Okay. Um yeah. So I, I did like those songs quite a bit on there. Um, and then moving on to, um, uh, you know, Drake's album here. Um, I, I think it was just kind of boring for me, kind of dull for me. Um, you know, I think some of the songs like Knife Talk, like Elijah mentioned, I do really like 21 Savage. I do like that song Knife Talk. Uh, but I think I've heard better. It's it's trying to, it's like, it seems like it's trying to do a, a rendition of a 21 Savage song, like a better, you know, like a lesser version of something he did with like Metro Boomin, um, um, or something, you know, he did like with them. It feels like a lesser version of that. Uh, way too sexy. Um, I like the song again. It's, it's another type of hype song that you would listen to future coming on young thug coming on. I think it's actually works at the well. bar. One am. Yeah. You know, I think it'd be pretty good to listen to. Um, as well, uh, what else we got here? Um, that I kind of liked a little bit here. Um, I like the song with Rick Ross, You Only Live Twice with him, uh, Lil Wayne. I thought, I thought that was a good song. I thought I appreciate that. Minus Lil Wayne, minus Lil Wayne, minus Lil Wayne. Okay, but that, I, that, that whole verse was like, mm, okay. Um, but yeah, I thought man. that. Oh, was who said something? I said, damn, I said, damn. Oh, okay. I did. I like like Rick Ross did his like Rick Ross did his element. Like he he did his thing. I I fucked with it. But Lil Wayne like he's such a weird lyricist now in his older age, man. Like I just like what he was rapping about, what he was saying in the song. Like it just kind of made it feel weird. Like I just wasn't vibing with it. I, that's just kind of me. I'm sorry. Okay. No, I don't want to. First of all, Drake is my age. I don't want to. It's time. I'm I'm tired of you fucking having fun. I'm fucking having fun. <laughs> Let the man have, look, bro. That's that's listen. Okay, this is maybe the age gap between me and y'all because I feel like this. No, I'm not. I'm like, not making music for Elijah. You need to make music for me, <laughs> and then make music for y'all. Think about y'all second. All this bullshit. No, I'm seeing. I'm seeing. I'm making use that word. I mean, y'all use it. <laughs> no. Do you tell me right now. This this he album is and and Josh is telling you right now this album is so fucking dry when you get to the middle. Yeah, yeah. Boy, man. I'm but, sorry. Yeah, I mean, besides for the songs I mentioned, I thought the rest of the album kind of was forgettable. Uh, personally, I didn't really like much uh, else on the project. Um, again, like Fair Trade uh, with Travis Scott feels like a lesser kind of Travis Scott type song. You know what I mean? That that again, he'd be better on something else. You know what I mean? It feels like a lesser type of version of that. Um, and then, um, you know, as far as 
the music, I mean, Drake is, is kind of making now. You say he's 34. Maybe he should make different types of music. I mean, I just think that it's just, it's, you know, it's just not hits. I mean, I think, you know what I mean? These are just songs that just maybe, like, as far as a, a track list, just isn't really all that connecting to me. You know what I mean? And, and it just it's kind of just not as good um, for me. And then even as far as, like, these hits in here, um, you know, yeah, I think these are some of like when I look at other Drake albums because I've listened to a, a, a other Drake albums before. Even like when it mm-hmm. comes to other hits, these aren't as strong as his other hits that he's had before in the past. You know what I mean? It's definitely not up there with some of the songs he's had. Um, and I think that you know, with this project, you know, it, it, it you know, the, from the album cover to the whole kind of promotion leading up to it. Um, it's just kind of just like, uh, I mean, you know what I mean? And I've seen kind of stuff on Twitter when people have been pointing out, it's like, you're 34, like, bro, you're 34. You know what I mean? Him cutting the heart into his head. And then, um, and there's some cringe bars on here. Like he says, uh, she says I'm a lesbian. And then I say, I am too. Like what the, I'm a lesbian too. Like, what is that? Uh, that, was, that was funny. I like uh, that. That, was funny. that is, that was, that was cringe. I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Like Drake is he, him lesbian. It's like, what the hell are you talking about, bro? Like. Like, that was funny to me. I, I got it. I was joking. I kind of. Um, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, it's like, uh, yeah. Bullshit. Uh, Bullshit, man. And I really wanted Drake album to be good. I'm telling hey, you. Hey, at least, he, hey, at, least he's, at, at least the album's not 27. Him thirsting out. Right? You are not. It's the same. It's the same. It is the same, Nick. It is the same. It's the same. I can't keep saying that. It's the same. You don't have fucking Lemon Pepper Freestyle. You don't have fucking the song with, with fucking uh, Brent Fiennes. You don't have like these fucking bangers. And then you have this fucking like the, the first one, two tracks. The, the killing tracks in the Bible is good. Give me y'all come on, fucks it up. And you just fuck the whole album up, bro. Yeah. I watched Academics oh. hear that shit last night. He cried. I understood why. Okay. Sure, there, Elijah. Sure. Josh, okay. So, all right. So, let me ask you. Okay. Kanye's album, Drake's album. What? Yeah. So you said like Drake, comparatively to his last couple albums, he doesn't have hits. If you were to designate the set hits on this album and designate the set hits, <laughs> on, hits on Kanye's album, what would they be? You can, uh, I know you have the list up. I have the list up too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like I said, I think the hits on this certified love boys. So it's not it, well when I say Drake hasn't had hits. I mean he has had hits before, um, and then even with his yeah with with his with his recent with his recent stuff he still has good hits. Uh, but with this one, so okay, so off of certified love boys. So the stuff I think is good. So like I said, I like uh, way too sexy. Um, could be could be seen as corny to some people. Could be could be, could be seen so could be like his his own kind of how like. Chance the Rapper had Hot Shower or Handsome could be like, this is Drake's own certified love boy. This is his Hot Shower or something like that. You know, the kind of corny that is. Even though, yeah. listen, I'll admit, I, I kind of like Hot Shower a little bit. I, I kind of like that song just a little bit. I do too. It's catchy. Yeah. Um, but okay, so I like Way Too Sexy. Um, I like Knife Talk. You know, like, like I said, lesser 21 Savage type of, type of track. Um, I like the You Only Live Twice with Lil Wayne and Rick Ross. Um, I like, I think I like the song with Kid Cudi's okay, the song with Ty Dolla Sign is okay, um, and that would be it for me. Uh, moving on to Donda, um, let's see. Really? Okay. Um, I like, 
Off the Grid, thought that was really good. I like Hurricane. I like Jonah. I like OK OK. I like Junior. Um, let's see what else do I like. I like Praise God. I like Jail. I thought that was pretty good. Um, what else here? I like Pure Souls. I thought that was pretty good. Um, I also like the different parts uh, of like Jesus Lord. OK OK Part Two because the differences yeah. between like the Part One and Part Two of the songs different verses um he might be kind of still might be tinkering with this album even after it's released like he did with pablo um you know where he mm -hmm. goes and you know adds you know different versions and you know audio mixes and all those things like that like how many different versions of pablo are there it's like what like it's like blade runner it's like 18 different editions of blade runner it's like 18 different editions of pablo um something like that so but um chill and elijah if you guys want to give your final thoughts and rating for the album Go ahead, Lash. Mm, all right. Donda gets a 3 out of 10 for me. Wow, 3 out of 10. Whoa. 3 out of 10 for me. I Damn. will say that the part two songs, the part two, like literally the part two songs, a couple of the beginning songs were like passable. And part two goes like, okay, I like this. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm into this. I like this. I, I like the, uh, the lyrics in this. I thought like the sound. I can play this anywhere and enjoy it. I can look forward to it. Look forward to it. I can add it to a playlist if I wanted to. Everything else, I felt like it's uh, it's nonsense. I feel like it, it really is just the keyword here for me is a bunch of nonsense. Like he got in the booth, said whatever. People gave him a thumbs up, published it. Like, I don't really care for it. I'll admit that I won't say Drake is stagnant. I won't say Drake is gotten to the point where he's kind of. Uh, in his own lane or overplayed or just kind of gotten one set like chill said like he's too old to be doing this like no like this is still a sound that people enjoy and people look forward to it i'll give certified sort of lover boy a solid seven and a half seven and out a half of ten for me seven and a half out of ten for me because there are a lot of songs on here that like not every song that i'm like love none that i hate none that i hate not that i love there's a lot of stuff that I love that I'll get hyped to, I'll enjoy, you can play around me, I'll like it. But for me, I'm the kind of guy where like I'll drive to work and commute to work. I'm in the car a lot. If you play these songs around me, I'll still vibe out the most of the music. If I hear Kanye, I get mentally annoyed. One percent. Come on, and then that's how I feel. Okay. Chill. Would you give CLB? I gave CLB at seven point five. Yes. I, I mean, I didn't. I didn't say I didn't praise it. I'm not judging. I I ain't dick riding. Like I'm not, people think I'm, I'm dick riding. I'm not. Seven point five. Understand? Get it? I'm not knock it back, man. Shit, that's Drake. It, it it gives you something. Like you said, you like you like the shit that he gives back to. That's cool. But it, it's just it's just an age thing, man. That's all. I we I, we both found Drake at the same time. Maybe. Or it doesn't even matter what time we found Drake, but it was the fact that at our age where we found Drake, you know what I'm saying, right. and what part of we found Drake at. We found I found Drake in the Little Wayne era where Drake was just a smidget, and he just comes doing in. The, doing the, doing the hand thing. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. So what the fuck? Yeah. That goes my door. Um, but other than that, man. Um, CLB, I'll rate that first, man. Uh, CLB, man, I give CLB a six, bro. I give CLB a six. 
just to be honest, because like I said, it's a lot of songs that are good in that in that in that at that shit, but it's it's just carbon copies. You know what I'm saying? It's just carbon copies. And then it's just a lot of songs that are carbon copy that are okay and at the same time they are annoying. So you know, it's it's a, and then it's it's a lot of it's cool to do extra shit on your music, but you know, it's sometimes and Kanye gets at that point too, where sometimes you do extra shit and just like, all right, my guy, I don't really need all that. Like you really you really let me know this shit is eight minutes long, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever. Right. Or yeah. even a fucking couple seconds long. But it's just you really let me know in the mood that I'm in. Uh so I give it a six. Now, uh Donda Donda, I give it a six point five. And I feel like it's just still gonna like I said, it's still gonna it's still gonna land and where it's gonna land, where it's gonna be around Yeezus. And people are gonna listen to that over Yeezus because it is slightly better. Slightly bangs more. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 a little bit more uh uh hip hop uh, driven still. You know what I'm saying? Like how when you go back to fucking on this other church album and motherfucker can still play what's that one shit when he was riding the ATVs? Uh the, God no oh, oh, fucking uh, um you? Like like, like, like Oh uh bound. That's that's from Jesus. Oh, church album. I think it's called Lord Please or some shit. He was riding around <laughs> ATVs or some shit. And, and, and you know, see, he was just wild. Now he's with his pops, pops. And I can tell you why Josh loves fucking like songs like fucking God Breathe. God Breathe. That's one thing. Elijah. God Breathe sounds like a fucking Chicago song. I can see motherfuckers footwork into that. That's a <laughs> stuff for footwork and song. That's a footwork song. <laughs> it's a footwork song. That is a footwork song. So I can see why when you listen to it, you be like, oh man, I don't fuck this man. Get the fuck out of this. This ain't what I work out to. So I can, can't send pictures to, to Danielle too. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know <what> <laughs> like, I get it. I get it. I fuck with you. I fuck with you. I fuck with you. But I, I get it. You know, you know, you suck my crib. You know what it is. Uh, but yeah, like fucking like yeah, it's like I understand why when you listen to shit like that, it it'll be like, man, what the fuck is Kanye doing? It sounds stupid as shit. But when I listen to it, way too sexy, I'll be like, man, what the fuck is this motherfucker doing? <laughs> and even when I listen, but even when I listen to way too sexy, I think this, and I'll be done. I'll think this. I think that okay, this is stupid. But this don't got shit to do with his 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 origin, his city, who he is. So like when I listen to motherfuckers, I need to know who you is. When I hear like you used to call me on my, that's fucking soca, that's fucking Toronto shit. All right, man. So it's like fucking you <laughs> get me. So like fucking like it, it, that's what that like the, that way too sexy shit. What the fuck is that? <laughs> I, I, that's all. I so mm. I said six and a six point five. I I cannot be mad at your rating for Certified Love Award and Donda. You get a six point five. I'm not your de, your defense of it. I disagree, but your rating of it fair for me. Um, I have to give it that. I have to give it that at this point because it's it's early and I'm still excited about both of them. So I still like to yeah. go back. To, so okay. 
Um, so I'm just going to give my rating here. So, um, Donda. I think Chill's correct. I am going to give it six, six and a half for me. Um, I think, you know, there's some really good things to like about the project. Um, you know, really like, you know, I mean, Kanye's great producer, right? Great at really making beats. Great at, you know, kind of making music in general, um, even if it is not his best thing. Um, and even as far mm-hmm. as his recent stuff, like I said, Kitsy Ghost, I think is amazing. I, I, I love Kitsy Ghost with, with his mm-hmm. collab with Kid Cudi. I would love to see a Kit Kat, uh, another Kit Cudi and him album together, uh, collab together. I think they work perfectly together. Um, and this one, you know, there's obviously a lot of, you know, kind of, you know, themes of religion and, you know, you know, gospel music has influenced his work, but that's been a lot in his, a lot of his work also prior so it's not anything recently new since you know he's been born again or anything like that i mean that's also been a heavy thing in his his music before um you know i'm not particularly religious myself but you know i don't mind it in music and everything like that and the way kanye does it i think it's you know pretty nice um and very choir heavy yeah yeah um and 27 tracks very long uh album and you know again i think you know you know, with all these kind of different tinkering going on with the album and everything. A lot of that is also the additions of different part twos of songs and everything that they different verses and everything that you could have um also just put out later or, you know, that's fine as well to have it on here. Um so I think it is correct. I mean six, six and a half is kinda of where I would put Donda. Certified Lover Boy, Drake Certified Love Boy. Um there's a few kind of good songs on here, solid songs. Overall just kinda of had mixed feelings about it. Um not all that way into it um you know i haven't really really loved the drake project i don't think since maybe maybe if you're reading this it's too late um so for me i would get certified lover boy a hmm a five out of ten for me hello hold on let's facebook uh but yeah i i'm I'm gonna give it a five for me out of ten uh so yeah, and, and Elijah, you, I, it's I understand it, man. It's like it's like if I was like for real, if I was where you're you're at, and like I would probably maybe feel the world about that. No, no, I wouldn't. No, nah. I was still the same age. I probably would. I would feel the same fucking way. <laughs> I would still get the same fucking scores, even if I was your age. I'm sorry. Yeah, and also I feel like at this point, I tried to relate to you. I just, no, it's not. I feel like we're very, we're all very, we're not super close in age. And Nick, I don't know how old you are, but I know that Josh. Yeah, Josh I'm, I'm 20. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be 27 in October. Oh, yeah, he's older than me. All right. So, like, um, <laughs> Josh and Shirley, you're both in your late 20s, 30s, right? I'm 26. I'm old, man. I'm 35, <laughs> man. I'm old. <laughs> Josh, you're, you're older than me. Oh, my God. Um, that's also a surprise. Like, for, for, I get what Chill's point where like I do not disagree with you because we do come from different age groups so like I can get how you vibe with the song or both albums different ways so I get that I really do feel like maybe I'm so used to this I won't say new wave of rap because I think new wave of rap is like your trippy, mat, trippy red or ski mask or your um, you know people who are not new, not new, new, but like new-ish. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, lots of you on TikTok and YouTubers that's trending. But, I, uh, but, but I if I was your age, Elijah, I, 
I, I would feel the same way, bro. I, I feel really real. I, I would feel the same way. Yeah, and it could be a location too. Like it could be a location. Like Chicago yeah. could be a different vibe. Where, thing, and it's yeah. just, it's just, it's just better, bro. It's just, <laughs> it's just a better. It's just a, be, it's just a more entertaining album. It really is. It just is. It's just a more entertaining. Drake impresses me for the beginning. I don't need a gesture. I don't need to listen to a fucking gesture album. Where I get bored at you and I'm ready to fucking kill you. Take them to the fucking uh, alligators. I don't need that. <laughs> Quiet as kept. Don't impress me with the first songs and be innovative, bro. Be innovative all the way through. And Kanye sound like a fucking grown man. So I respect <laughs> you for that. That's it, bro. That's, that's, it's, it's, it's two people. It's two. It's two you're, that's you're, saying, you're, saying, you're saying that he's innovative. Is he innovative or is Kanye innovative in this album? Yes or no? Is he? But is he really? <laughs> All right. But, but guess what? You know what he does? You know what he does with this album? You know what he does What's with that? this album? He keeps, he keeps the same energy all the way through. This shit gets more dreary and dreary, especially when it goes into part twos. I'm listening to fucking scary-ass Marilyn Manson, and ra the rape guy, or whatever they want to call him. <laughs> and then I hear... Then I got these dark fucking bars from fucking Deluxe. Have you ever heard fucking Styles P first album? The Gangster and the no. Gentleman? My knife and my gun, my pistol talk to me? Stop it! Again, your knowledge trumps mine again, but at the same time, no. The key word here is same. So you admit this album is very samey. Every song is very samey in this whole entire album. Because I know Drake has a I know Drake I know Drake has darker material than that. I know Drake can dig down a little bit deeper. I know Drake can be a little bit meaner. And what he can be, and if you're gonna call well, yourself, you're a rapper, if you're gonna call yourself a real rapper, I'm tired of it. Stop fucking trying to integrate. Just stop integrating. Just be <laughs> a rapper. Give me, a, give me. What you just say, Josh? Give me. Uh, 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 it's, it's, uh, if it's not, if I'm dying, it's too late. Or whatever the fuck. <laughs> if, you, if you're, yeah, yeah, if you're reading, it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> um. Josh, 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 we'll see. what happens with uh with well, I guess in a couple of years, how people look back on these albums, but also with uh. How do you track album success by ratings, by viewership? How do you track it? Um, I mean, album success, I mean, I don't really go by, I don't care about streams or numbers. I care about more like fan reaction to it and whether people still are going to be listening to it decades and decades later. I mean, people still listen to Drake's older stuff, still take care. A lot of people still love take care. A lot of people still play take care all the time um, and everything like that. So, and then same thing with Kanye's music. I mean, a lot of people still love his old stuff. People still say college dropout like Nick. A lot of people still say graduation. You know, a lot of people still say, you know, you know, his projects like that. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, I think, you know, these are not, I don't think either one of these are fantastic albums. Like I, even though I'm, I'm saying I'm liking Donda, uh, more than certified love, but I don't think it's a fantastic album. I don't think he's particularly innovative here, um, or doing anything revolutionary, but I think it's still a solid album. It's okay for me. Um, okay. uh, here, here, let's move on because Nick's getting bored. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll leave it up to Nick. Nick, do you want to do Mortal Kombat or do you want to close it out and then leave Mortal Kombat for tomorrow? Uh, oh. yeah, let, uh, I mean, dude, can you do the show tomorrow? Could <laughs> me? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I can. Fuck yeah. Let's, let's, let's wrap it up because we're pushing near. Yeah, this is, I and think, we gotta yeah. say, my, my girls, te my girls text me is like, hey, we're trying to come home. We don't, it's like, fuck, I've been trying to like, wait, just like, <clears throat> okay. Sorry, y'all. Nah, nah, it's all good. No, no, I, it's great. 
Okay. It's all good. This is this is this is my piece right here. This this show, this chaotic ass show, is my. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So um, okay. So yeah, this is yeah pushing on one of our longest shows ever. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, I mean, this was really great. Oh, yeah. Really great energy oh. on the show. Um, this was fun. Yeah, this was this was yeah a lot of great. We had a lot of people come by. Thanks again, uh, so much for the people in the chat mm -hmm. donating the bits, subscribing. Thanks a lot. Uh, yeah, stopping donating, by. gifting subs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, thank you, uh, uh, Viv, for subscribing. Thank you, Javon. Uh, uh, thank you. Um, who who gave bits? Uh, you uh, probably got. Uh, oh, uh, early morning uh, lover. Thank yeah, you. morning lover. Yeah, very good. So yeah, Javon Good also gave twenty bits. Early morning lover gave some bits. Um, so yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah. That's, uh, you know, that's good brother. Oh, that's Goodwin's brother. Oh, okay. So that's Justin's brother. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Oh, fuck yeah. I didn't know oh, that. Guy, man. Thank you, man. Yeah, because I, I, I've been watching his streams because he doesn't talk on his streams and doesn't show his face. He does. He, he talks on his streams? Yeah, we talk all the time on Okay, because I don't know. Maybe it's too low. I don't know. Because I, I go in there and I comment and then I donate bits and stuff like that. I don't ever hear him say anything. Oh, that's my. Coming and leaving. I talk to you too. <laughs> you probably, I don't talk to you. He's coming in. Look, he's coming in. And he'll come in and say something, and then he'll, I'll be like, hey, 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 uh, uh, hey, tune. I, I said yeah to that email, and motherfucker don't even come back no more. I'll be like, where you go? No, I'm still there. I just, I have it up in a, another tab. Yeah. yeah, I'm still there, though. Yeah, I donate bits, though. But every time I'm in stream, though, I donate bits, though. And yeah, I'm there. Yeah, I have it up on my PS5, on my, on my, there. I have it up on the screen. Things like uh, that. I know, I know. But, uh, but yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah. I a screenshot video. Oh yeah. Oh okay. Uh yeah. So yeah, this was yeah, this was a great stream. Yeah, thanks for uh thanks for, you know coming by Elijah. Thanks for coming by Chill. Uh very much so. Oh, yeah, you. this was a great discussion. Uh, probably one of my one of the I'd say one of the best shows we've done in a minute. Yeah. At least oh, one really? of those fun ones. Yeah. <laughs> That's um. So one more time. Oh, uh, so one more time, if you guys could just talk about yourselves and talk about your links and all that stuff like that. So Elijah, go ahead. Yeah. I got you. Yes. Uh, one more time, Elijah Bell, or call me Eli, from Back to the Topic. I represent Back to the Topic with my buddies Pat and Walt. Music, uh, you know, trending topics, uh, movies, whatever you guys want to talk about, uh, trending topics, things like that, on a uh, podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or Apple Podcasts. Um, you know, SoundCloud, YouTube, uh, YouTube, back to the topic. We got our merch on Spread Shirts. Uh, follow us on TikTok. I think our main platform right now is TikTok. So we're hitting TikTok pretty hard, 41,000 followers. So yeah. sometimes I record a video. Sometimes uh, they record a video. Most times we're kind of re-uploading clips from other places. Uh, so for the most part, yeah, you like the energy that we have here. Come check us out. Uh, we're a fun group of guys. We'll have a guest on all the time, a different artists locally. Um, now that Josh and Nick introduced from Discord, I might try to get other people on. Josh, I might try to yeah, have sure. you and Nick guest or guest on ours thing once I figure it out, and uh, hopefully Julian and other people too. So yeah, that's us. Okay, absolutely, I'm down. Yeah, chill. Man, I mean, shit. Um, yeah, just you know, uh, tune in. To, I guess to Digital Craze Radio. You know, you might see my stream fuck up a little couple times, but I'll restart it, <laughs> and we'll, we'll keep it going. And, uh, you know what I'm saying, uh, we, we talk about my mistakes on there, 
Uh, and we, sometimes, shit, I might turn that shit to a podcast. So, you know, follow me. Um, it's about to be October. So mm-hmm. this is a uh, horror season for me. So I'm going to do in the Discord, bro. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start doing, like, just horror movies in Discord, man. We're going to start watching Hellraisers, like, four, five Hellraisers. You know what I'm saying? October, I, really, I love Halloween. So I want to yeah. start doing that. So, yeah. And then uh, other than that, I got another playlist coming with this fashion brand. So, you know, we mm-hmm. putting that out. And uh, it's like, it's, it's very light. It's my first time. And if anybody want to give me a Funko deal, please. Because <laughs> I collect all black Funkos and I would love to get like a little deal with them. They give me a little bread and give me a Funko deal. We get these all black Funkos out to the nation. Nick, I'm going to end up seeing you one day in Japan because Tokyo is one of the places I need to go before I die. Oh, yes. Like, hey, I, I, I bought Tokyo Drift on, on DVD. <laughs> <laughs> and kind of sound I, like kind of sound like the dad from Get Out. It's like, yes, I uh, I bought uh, Tokyo Blu-ray. I did yeah. vote for Obama. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I I love. Hey, I bought I bought it the night of. I watched it that night, and guess what? I woke up at seven o'clock in the morning. And I watched it again. So <laughs> I, you know, I was just so amazed yeah. by that. But yeah, other than that, man, yeah, other than that, I, I appreciate coming on here. This was cool to actually do a podcast. With people that I, I don't have to argue with all fucking day, because if you ever seen what I tried to do on my stream, those are like my both friends in real life, and it's just uh-huh. hard to talk to them fools. So yeah, this was cool. Oh, uh, hey, hey man, everybody, everybody, go check out Chill during the Halloween, man. We play this scary music, uh, his, his horrifying shit, like Donut. You want to get terrified? Play that. Out. <laughs> yeah. All the way through. Uh, th- hey, thank you uh, there, Goodwin, um, who just, he played the sound alert there that I have set up. That's the first time I ever heard it play on stream, so that's pretty good. Uh, mm. The sound alert I use is um, uh, from Anchorman, them singing Afternoon Delight, so I have a clip of that uh, from them for oh, that little bit. Yeah, for that little Yeah, so he played that there. Thank you for that. Yeah, that's pretty nice. Yeah, thank you, man. Um, so, uh, Nick, uh, what about you? Where can people find you, man? All right, find me, Twitter, Instagram, at Night and Day Nick. Josh, where can they find the show? All right, so you can find us on all the socials there. Uh, we are on TikTok. Uh, not as big as uh, Elijah there with 30,000 followers, but we getting there. We're trying hard. You know what I mean? there. 41. Yeah, 41,000. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Yeah, 40, 41,000. Oh, my bad, my lord. Yeah, 41,000 there, people on TikTok, but we're getting up there. Uh, you can see us on TikTok at the Afternoon Tune. You can also see us on Instagram. We're on Instagram at the Afternoon Tune as well. Uh, we're also on Twitter, uh, twitter.com, the Afternoon Tune. You can check us out there. Uh, you can also send us an email at the Afternoon Tune at gmail.com. You can also see us on Facebook. We have a Facebook group um, as well called the Afternoon Tune fan page and uh, business page for the podcast. You can also check us out wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, we're everywhere there. Um, it'd be great if you leave us a nice review on the Apple Podcast. You know, help us get up there. You know, in the kind of the ratings there. If you leave a nice five star review, um, give them the nice detailed review of the show. That always helps. Also, we are of course we are on YouTube at YouTube.com. Uh, the afternoon tune. Get YouTubers there. Uh, subscribe to us there. Follow us there. Comment if you can. You know, also helps. You know, if you just want to have a good discussion. Um, if you want to tell Elijah how wrong he is about you know albums or movies or anything like that. Um, you know, just just let the comments be known there. Let them fly. 
um, that'd be great there. So that's fun. Uh, that'd be great. And also, of course, we're on Twitch, right? Streaming on Twitch right now. Um, and we're on Twitch. Uh, Twitch.tv slash The Afternoon Tune. You can find us there. Follow us there. Do what these lovely people are doing in the chat. Um, you know, do the bits, do the subs. You know, September going on. So trying to get some subs there. But yeah, very awesome that those people stopped by and did it and everything like that. Very much appreciated. But yeah, this was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed the show. Loved having you guys on. Great energy. Um, and yes, a uh, good one. Yeah, we'd love to have you on, man. You know, guess one of these days. Um, you know, that'd be pretty, uh, that'd be cr- pretty great. You and chill. That'd be pretty awesome, man. So, um, I'm going to get out of here. Um, tomorrow, uh, oh, uh, yeah. What are we streaming tomorrow? Uh, yeah. So tomorrow, uh, we, we probably, uh, we'll do maybe two streams tomorrow. Uh, we got one stream going on. So the movie Karen is coming out, uh, yeah. where white women, uh, oh, they're the true, <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're the true, uh, true supervillain, true, super true horror movie. So we have that coming out so we can see if we can watch that and review that tomorrow as well as so we're going to do Mortal Kombat Battle of the Realms tomorrow. So see if we can do that um, uh, tomorrow. And we're going to do a watch party. We're going to do our first watch party um, and we're going to be watching Cinderella. Um, that's on Amazon Prime starring Cam- uh, Camilla. Uh, Vivian, um, I think I asked her, uh, she hasn't, I don't know if she's said word or not. I know Sadie's can't come and Sarah can't come, but. <laughs> come on, good. Karen equals white candy man. Pretty much, yeah. White candy man. Uh, yeah. uh, but yeah, so I'm going to see if, um, so Viv can slide through something or Jenna can slide through for the Karen review mm-hmm. or something that she wants to, uh, see if they can do that. But yeah, so tomorrow, maybe going to do two streams where we review Karen and we'll review Mortal Kombat Battle of the Legends. Uh, Elijah, you want to come through again? Maybe tomorrow, because we're probably going to be doing uh, another late stream, probably around 8 p.m., 9 p.m. Central Standard Time we're going to be doing it. And for, also we're going to be doing an Amazon Prime watch party for the movie uh, Cinderella starring Camilla. Um, all right, so we're going to get out of here. Um, is there anything I forgot? Anything I forgot to mention? Oh, our party's going to go crazy. I'm going to the convenience today to stock up on the alcohol. Okay. All right. That'd be awesome. So, anytime y'all want to have me, man, let me know. Let me know. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was great having you on, man. It's the first time uh, both these guys have been on. So, these are some two brand new guests to the show. So, it's been pretty awesome. So, I'm going to get out of here, people. I hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you love listening. And please don't forget to always stay tuned. Stay tuned.